Hey, this is Nate Craig, and I never listen to None Taken. Never one time. I feel like it's been an eternity that we've been talking about trying to figure out whether we want to put the show on Patreon, OnlyFans, whatever it is that we want to do to set up a <laughs> Trying to monetize service. it somehow, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know last week we were pretty set on Patreon, but then it occurred to me that people have to have Patreon account to have Patreon memberships. And I was just like, why are we going to like split people that want to subscribe into a subsect that already are into that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. So... Um, and then I realized, well, Substack, you just go through a payment processor and then you're subscribed and there's a free subscribe. There's a, you know, you can do tiers of different levels. Yeah. 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 So I think I think that Substack's what we're going to end up going with, but then I'm like, all of our eyeballs come to us from Instagram. Like most of our show conversions came from people that saw the show on Instagram. Right. Most of interactions online come from and, IG. Yes. And Instagram has their own subscription service. So I was spending all day over the weekend, all day, the whole weekend. That's how time works. <laughs> and I'm like, how do we, if someone subscribes on Instagram, how do we like set them up with the privileges under Substack without them paying right. on Substack? And I'm like trying to figure this out. And then I'm like, why don't I just like run this by Natasha? And I don't even finish saying it. She's like, why don't you just set the Instagram subscri- subscription to the highest price Substack in, in the, in the description of the show say, Hey, there's a- alternate tiers under Substack. And if people want to pay for the full price on Instagram, that's their fucking fault. And I'm like, Oh, well that solves all of that. Is that what we're going to do? Yeah. That's brilliant. I think it's yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So in order to do that, we have to have an LLC because Instagram's right. all about the taxes. So we, Okay. Well, so I know a lot of listeners have been like, I feel like there's people that are like, just shut up and let me fucking pay you. And I'm not <laughs> getting to that point. And I feel like they're, they're going to not want to by the time we fucking set it up. But, um, I think that's the plan. If that isn't the plan, there's always plan B. Mm, what's plan B? What do you do out here on the streets to survive? Uh, suck dick, sell drugs, get fucked in my ass. Y'all let me in this damn house. <laughs> Should we hit record? Yeah, one, two, three. All right, you ready? I am ready. (laughs) Are you recording? Yes. (laughs) You want to start a show? Let's start a show. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. No offense taken there. Well, it sounds like none taken. The internet's own debate and current events show with your hosts, Dustin and Alan, two political nomads from two different worlds. Shout out to Reverend Peyton's big damn band for the use of their song, Ways and Me's for Intro Music. Thank you for joining us. At the time of this recording, it is Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. It's a great day for America. <laughs> we are two coastal elites. Coming to you from the shores of the mighty Cumberland, all the way to the Pacific waters of El Cerrito, California. Here to recap another week of current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal lives. 
Please subscribe right now wherever you listen to this. And I don't know, if we have a Substack, go to our Substack. It's going to be like none taken and it'll have our logo. And subscribe. It'll be fun. We'll have uh, privileges in there or whatever word I, I used before. Anyway, uh, y'all are our ads because we don't have an ad budget. So please uh, spread the word. You don't have to pay to be here. Just tell people about us. Uh, and, you know, if you want to be cool, I mean, they're cool. Head on over to slickitsdigital.com and support our only sponsor we've ever had, Slickets Digital. Uh, I think I set you up, but Alan. Hell yeah. There it is. <laughs> slickitsdigital.com. <laughs> Fucking welcome to Nuntaken. For all your SEO and marketing That's it. Needs. That's the other words I say. Thank you. I didn't write that down, so I actually just have always remembered that. But now I, I got to stop looking at that right out. It doesn't help. I know all these words. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm great. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Hope you all had a great week. Um, I, uh, I I worked pretty much the whole weekend and all week. Dude, I, I was so tired on Sunday night. I got home from work and I I uh, fell asleep watching television. I woke up at like 3 o'clock in the morning still sitting up and I was like, oh, I should just go to bed. Damn. Um, anyways, uh, so today was my first day off since I think we did the show and I decided to go hiking. I haven't been hiking Dude. for a a minute. I went to Briones, which is a regional park outside of uh, Martinez, uh, like 20 miles from me. Um, and I haven't been there in like years. And we, I, as we've documented on the show, it's been raining like crazy up yeah. here for like the last month. So everything is so green and just gorgeous. Um, I think I texted you was like the, the windows background. Yeah, that big, <laughs> and I knew what you there. meant. I'm like, oh yeah, that green yeah. hill from like Windows 98 on. Yeah, yeah, it was gorgeous, man. Uh, so I had a great time. I was up there for wait, a wait, few wait, wait. Hours. Favorite windows? What was your favorite windows? Ninety five, right? Oh man, you know, three one was a game changer because that was the first GUI. But I think, huh? I think X, XP what three one? Yeah, is that before ninety five? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think I think XP would be my favorite. XP was your favorite. I thought XP was very. Oh, ME was hated, right? Emmy was terrible. You had a story. Sorry, it looked like the Windows background. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude. So I was up there. I did. I don't know, maybe three or four miles. Uh, it wasn't crazy, but it was fun, man. There's there's like lagoons and stuff up there. Really? You can see the whole the whole valley, uh, like the Concord San Ramon Valley, um, from different uh, aerial views. Just aerial gorgeous, views. Man. It was it was great. Yeah, it was cold. It was like uh, high 50s, like 57 and windy. I actually started up the trail, and I was wearing like a light hoodie, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to go back to my car and get another jacket. Oh, wow. It's way, way too cold. It's blowing right through wow. me. Um, but it was really good time. It was nice. I nice. hadn't been up there for a while, and it was nice to go back. Uh, and then I went to Martinez and just hung out. I went to Firehouse, the old Creek Monkey that used to hang out at a lot. Oh, yeah, not the subs place, the uh, brewery. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I had I had a late lunch there, and then I went to Five Sons Brewing after that. Had a couple beers. I took some. I'm actually having a, a to go one right now. Nice. Um, yeah, that was my day, man. It was it was fun. It was nice. It was oh, nice yeah. to get out. Nice, nice. We uh, I don't know. I didn't do a whole lot. Um, we were supposed to do some housework this weekend, and kept coming up with really cool reasons not to, which I was thrilled with. <laughs> Only thing I did was nice. throw some fucking seed down in the backyard, trying to get this fucking lawn. And it was just mud back there, and every time it rains, there's a river, and the dogs can't go out there. Nobody wants to hear about oh, that. No. Um, speaking of dogs, we went to the dog park this weekend, and I was sitting there. This is the dog park where that crazy guy was at, right? Like, I'm, yes, ah. listeners, I'm still not over it. Yeah, living <laughs> rent free in my fucking head. You're right. Everything you want to say, yeah, I'm guilty of it. 
So I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, God, that fucking psycho. And it really, it occurred to me. So this, this dog park has a, a, like a track that goes around it. It's not like a perfect oval. It's not NASCAR. It's more like um, Grand Prix, but you know, it, Got it. people walk into the dog park and they make left turns. They do NASCAR rules. And it <laughs> occurred to me that I saw this guy walking when I saw the dog go up to him, hold it. Listeners, uh, a dog stole Mithra's ball. Your dog's so ball. I asked yeah. the guy to drop it and he wouldn't. It sounds crazy, right? So, um, but it occurred to me, the guy was walking, going left to right. He was, he was, he was going the opposite way of traffic. That should have been a huge red flag. Like what a fucking psychopath. Like who goes to a place where everyone's walking one way is like, nah, I'd rather walk into people the whole time. Like I, so he's a contrarian, like just all the way. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Part of me kind of wants to like him for that, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, so that day I had like a super light breakfast. Um, and then we came back from the dog park. By the time we we're getting home from the dog park, I'm fucking starving. Natasha never eats fast food. I talked her into letting me go to Bojangles. So I was like, I'm gonna get a fucking, uh, grill. What is it? Fried, fried chicken sandwich. Yeah. Let's go. Mm, fried chicken okay. sandwich. And, uh, I'm not going to get into the menu. So we get home with it. It's all set down on the table. I got it all laid out. I got my, uh, my, my, um, What's the honey must my honey mustard to dip your my sauces? Fries. Yeah, yeah, I got everything yeah, yeah. set up. Uh, I, I I take the bite, take the burger right up to my mouth. Oh no no no, not even the burger yet. I take a French fry. It looks extra crispy, and I can see it as I'm moving it to my mouth. I can see the salt crystals like glimmer on it. Ooh, now I do nice. this stupid thing that other people have called me on before. They're like, "Do you put your tongue out and like lick the?" <laughs> food before you put it in your mouth yeah i do that like i do it with doritos if i get like a really good dorito i'll like stick my tongue oh, out good dust. Uh, i'll make yeah, sure yeah. i taste it i don't want it to go to the back of my mouth i want it to be right on the tongue so like i want it to land on the tongue Crazy. so i'm like so i'm so i'm taking this french fry into the mouth and i and i go mm. no i'm gonna stick my tongue out but how do you eat a french fry you don't just put it on your tongue so just so i stick my tongue out right over and it's coming in kind of on from the left side so i stick my tongue out slightly over to the left now the center of my tongue is lined up above my canine, my lower canine, and the, and the upper incisor. This is an oddly specific description, but okay, go ahead. Well, it's important because yeah. I took what's about to happen. So the bottom of my tooth was my the bottom of my tongue hit the lower canine. Really, not much problem with that. But the incisor went straight down on the middle of my tongue. Like I, oh. I, I definitely tasted the salt briefly, and then blood, 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 oh. and it was on the tip. You could still see it actually. Look. Oh, I can see it. Yeah. Dude, it was so fucking bad. I just, and and like, I was starving. And it was so, like, anytime I, I took pressure off my tongue, it would just start gushing blood again. Like, Ugh. and then like, what am I going to do? Go eat salty fucking food? Or right. what, spicy <laughs> chicken? I was so, I was so, I was so, I couldn't be mad at anyone wow. but me. Right? I was just like, I'm going to go sit on the couch. I'm going to watch the XFL. And I'm going to hold a fucking... <laughs> paper towel against my tongue for 15 fucking minutes till you pierced bleeding. your own tongue dude it was i should have i should i might as well have just you pierced just my tongue the but i'd have there, to start yeah. giving out more blowjobs it's just you know <laughs> well you know what if the monetizing doesn't work as we played before um yeah i think that's all i got to talk about uh in my personal oh, life that was There's, funny. yeah thanks can we get into our comedy clips let's all right let's start with thrash thrashing in two great ones i really wanted to get this down to just like one from each person but i was like god damn it thrash send in two good ones so all right fine <laughs> um so this guy's name is keith alberstad and he's talking about how he can guarantee that you can win on jeopardy no matter what if i were ever a contestant on jeopardy i know i would lose <laughs> so to guarantee cash in hand here's my game plan i would sell my answer space 
for corporate advertising. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. The Mona Lisa was painted here. Yes, Keith. What is Gatorade? <laughs> uh, that reminds me that, um, do you remember how Ken Jennings finally lost on Jeopardy? No, I don't. I know you're a huge Ken Jennings guy, but yes. I don't remember. How. I'm a Jeopardy guy, therefore I'm a Ken Jennings guy, but I'm a Ken <laughs> Jennings guy. Hey, he's the first person, human voice I heard when I came back to life from being electrocuted. It was Ken Jennings playing true. my ear. This is true. Um, so Ken Jennings was, uh, he was the, the, the final, final Jeopardy question was this business hires a certain number, a large number, 30,000 something, seasonal employees. And he answered, what would you answer? Target. You, so you're thinking like holiday season, right? Yeah, yeah. He went yeah. the same direction, FedEx. Oh, okay. Do you have a second guess? Uh, H&R Block. Exact right answer. <laughs> Which, Wait, really? Yeah, 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 yep. But he should <laughs> He should get, I think, oh no, they did sponsor him. They gave him a free tax prep for life or something like that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that one, Thrash. This one's from Thrash also. It's uh, Kyle Kinane. That's why I was saying I got two two from Thrash. Alas. Fucking love Kyle Kinane. So uh, he's yeah, he's awesome. He says the last seven years, seven years really, uh, really ruined that whole the president's been kidnapped genre of action movie. <laughs> <laughs> the president's been kidnapped. Yeah, man, people are upset. You know, people... <laughs> it's not good out there right now. What can I say? Well, what are they asking for? Health care. I'll go watch this. I'm not rooting for you. Think I'm rooting for? I'll watch this movie. <laughs> I didn't know how long that went. Uh, <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, we've played this before. It's Sammy. Oh, damn it, Alan. Why? I need him to start his shows telling me how to say his name. Uh, o b e i d. Sammy. Obed. 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 I don't know. It can't be this hard. Uh, anyways, yes. we've spelled his name enough, so that's good for him. We've, we've done the right thing. Can I hit play? <laughs> Please. All right, give me something to talk about. Maybe something I know a lot about so I can really go into it. 9-11. Oh, so dude. 9-11. You, man. That was f***ed up. Like most oh, he's brown. People in here are of age where you remember where you were when you first heard about 9-11. That's how serious that was for us. I'll never forget, when I first heard about 9-11... It was September 5th, 2001. <laughs> That's so good. That's so That's good. good. Okay. I think it's better than that, but I think it's just me. Okay. Uh, Alan sent this one in. This is about... Uh, Alan, that's you. Uh, this is... Um, I'm going to ask you to tell me if you know who this comedian is after I play this. Because you sent this. And I was like, hey, you know who that is, right? Any historians in here? Tell me this, okay? You tell me when there was a country uh, who was like a, a great nation, uh, a superpower, started as a republic, then turned into an empire, and then it spent itself uh, way too far into debt, expanded itself way too far militarily, and then the culture started to fall apart. And then everything worked out great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alan, who is I that? I did send that. I thought it was funny, and no, I have no fucking clue who that is. If I say Dave Smith, do you know who that is? Oh, he's a libertarian. Yeah, he... Uh, uh, right? At the time that the Mises Caucus guys kind of took over the Libertarian Party, he was the presumptive candidate. Now, uh, who cares? 
because <laughs> who fucking? I mean, cares, that was right? objectively funny. That was I, hilarious. I no oh idea. no, he's yeah. funny. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and no and he's he he's guy. a he's an entertaining um, podcast personality, but he employs a lot of logical fallacies and says he doesn't. So it's annoying mm. for me. Mm. Anyway, okay. uh, you know what's still better That's than most funny politicians? That I That's hilarious. That, yes, yeah. I yeah. know. I can't believe you didn't know who that was. Okay, awesome. <laughs> uh, and then Paul sent something in, not as bad as some of his worst, but he's making up for lost ground with his very tame <laughs> stuff he sent in recently. Uh, let me get this clip to load properly. And uh, this is about pronouns. So uh, this will go well with oh. our interview we just recorded. It's going to air in the second half. Those are my non-binary, the they, them. I think that's perfectly fine, too. My only, my only issue with non-binary they, them is that you can't talk shit about one non-binary person without sounding vaguely anti-Semitic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what they always do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I think that thing's fixed with the robot voice. I've been closing these slides yeah. and nothing's happened. It must have been a fucking Windows update. Well, well awesome. Uh, <laughs> hey, thanks, Paul. Um, and then we got a clip sent in by Sliggets. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we played Mark Norman, although we fucking talked about him last week. I don't know how this guy gets so much play on our show. Um, this is, uh, this is, this is uh, some um, observational comedy. The vagina is a lot like a university. You got to be accepted. <laughs> And much like university, easier to get in if you have a lot of money. You're like, well, how'd that guy get in? He doesn't have any money. Well, he's an athlete. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. Slick it, send it in. Our only sponsor. Uh, let's not bring up his company name. That probably wouldn't be good timing for that, would it? That's no, not. Okay, no. fine. All right. Slickitsdigital.com. <laughs> Okay. Uh, hey, let's move on into our oh, segment. Um, you know, I've been watching that. Uh, I'll talk about it on if we ever do a show where we talk about what we've been watching in the news. Our media. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been watching that uh, Sunk on Earth show, the C-U-N-K Sunk on Earth show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to think it is actually Kunk on Earth. Uh, I thought it was like a joke because at the end of the intro, she goes, welcome to Kunk on Earth. And I'm like, it's probably sunk. I've also realized that this character of that actress has been around for a long time. And I've just yeah. found her now that's on Netflix. Don't yeah me, Alan. Like you your BBC subscription. You've been watching all the <laughs> all the Kunk documentaries that she's been doing for years and years and years. You saw the same shit leading into this coming out on Netflix and thought it was funny. Did you know about it forever? No, I didn't know about it forever, but I saw Instagram clips that were pre-Netflix. Okay, I don't know why I got yes. mad at you. Yes. Fine, yes. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> here's part of why I think it's pronounced Kunk, because I went to this pronunciation website and I pressed this button. Kunk. Kunk. Yeah. Kunk. Kind of sounds like Kunk. All right. We and say Kunk in this house. We say Kunk. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, so I have two clips to play for you from that show, because uh, this is our... Oh, about that segment. Do you want uh, the clip from? You know what? I'm going to give you the clip from episode one. Um, it's. Uh, I think it's a little bit more. Both are very funny. This show's hilarious, man. I think last week I said that um, a little kind of goes a long way with it, and then I went back to it and I was like, no, nah, man, this is genuinely hilarious, like start to finish. At the end of episode one, she has a very serious historian on, and she's forcing him to play a game called uh, Whether the Romans Invented It or Perfected It. Yeah. Oh, I like this. Okay, get ready. We can play this game on the show. loads of things, but often they only perfected things that other people had made. I'll say some things, and you tell me if the Romans invented them or just perfected them, right? Invented or perfected. 
Test me. Underfloor heating. Invented. Ding! The calendar. Perfected. Ah, ah. Your wallet. That means you can't answer the next one. <laughs> roads. Well, the roads were invented by Persians and uh, plenty of people knew about roads. Right. Your wallet, yeah. anyway, you can't answer that one. <laughs> All right. Concrete. <laughs> Concrete. Invented. Ding! Yeah. The alphabet. Oh, definitely did not invent it and probably didn't really perfect it either. I mean, it's sort of... Got to pick one. Have <laughs> Yeah. Have I? Um, I mean, perfected is wrong, not Ding. quite right around. Yeah, Anal right. bleaching. Anal bleaching. What? Anal bleaching. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have no idea what they would have done. Go on, give it a go. I don't even know what it is. It's when they bleach your arse. Really? Yeah, lighten it up. You should see his face. Well, not round my way, they don't. But anyway, um, I have no idea what they did with that. Pass. Invented or perfected, you can't pass. Bleaching? Yeah. Bleaching the arsehole. <laughs> Deliberation. Um, okay, well, I would say they invented it, but... Uh -uh. Just a few... <laughs> It's such a dumb show. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, she's not Australian, but she talks funny. And we play a lot of Australians on here. I got two Aussie sounds in a row. Uh, this first one is a fucking perfect. Oh, no. Yeah? Did I nail it? Uh, you Natasha? nailed it. Hi, Natasha. Did I get the oh, uh, no? <laughs> wait, wait. Hold on. Let's ask her mom what, I th what she thinks of how I handled it. No. I guess she's not a big fan. Okay, fine. <laughs> Um, so let's hear what this lady, uh, this is, a, so this, uh, Travis sent the, no, Josh sent this in, uh, this is, so it's a guy fishing. So it's a daughter fishing and uh, off the, like the front of the boat and the fishing rod's going to go out into the water. It's a big fish. It's going to take off. And the dad dives in after it. The gnar comes in a little after. So here we go. Dives in. Oh no! <laughs> that was a perfect one. It is. Oh, oh god, are they better than you, Natasha's mom? No. Oh good. Okay. Well, we found someone that does it better than her. Um, we got the. You know what? I'm gonna skip this Aussie clip because I think the show is gonna be a little long. With our interview went a little longer than we expected, so which is a good problem to have. Um, yeah. Thank you, Rebecca. Still weird to say your government name. Um, you know what? Let's make fun of how other people talk. This is weird American pronunciations. My um, sister. Weird American pronunciations. My sister cousin sent this in. I don't. She's my <laughs> sister. Part one. Authority. Authority. Mortal. Mortal. Water. Water. Hamburger. Hamburger. Universal health care. Liberal pig motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and, um, so on Tom Segura's podcast, they have this whole lane called cool guys. We're not stepping on anybody's fucking turf. Uh, but I would say this is a cool guy. Um, I don't, I haven't, so they tape their shows like a month in advance. I wouldn't be surprised if in like a couple of weeks, this guy shows up on their cool guy list. Uh, oh, we have okay. had things that we've played that they played probably at the exact same time, but since their show comes out later, they've played it later. Well, clearly uh, they're listening. That's, that's it. That's, you know what? Yeah. Thank you, Alan. That's that's <laughs> lovely. Um, so this is a pretty cool guy talking about his ideal woman. Cobra, what's your ideal woman? Well, first of all, of age. 
alive, <laughs> cisgendered, consenting, non-related, <laughs> and at least a four or above on the good looks scale. Like if she's a six on her best day, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> He's realistic, right? Like he starts off with all these like bare minimums. He's like, well, yeah. you know, my ideal woman is like um, the, all the traditional definitions of a woman that will get cleared out of the way first. So, that you know, I am a, a straight man and I want you to know that. And then, uh, you know, above a four, not even half, you know, <laughs> six on her best day, best day six. Like, and I mean, you know, he's still out of his league at that level, but still. He he sounds like he has a checklist or a spreadsheet or something where he's just like checking the box. <sighs> you know what? If you want to know what he looks like, you could be a uh, higher tier, upper tier Substack subscriber and have access to our show sheet. And you can see all these leaks. And uh, how about that? There's a plug in it. And yeah. I don't even have that live yeah. yet. I mean, it's live now, listeners. Probably. <laughs> I, it might take a minute to get the LLC because I think it t the government takes a minute. To oh, really? Yeah, I don't know anything about any of this. God damn it! As far yeah, it could take a it could take a few days. Yeah. What? Oh, okay, days. Maybe more. I, I, I don't know. know. But the government has to process your shit, and you know the government. You know, we talk about that. Yeah, but it's in Tennessee. <laughs> They're worried about <laughs> drag. They're probably shows busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, speaking of ideal woman, uh, let's. This is a good little palette. Oh, I didn't hit this before. Why isn't it playing? Oh, how about that? There it goes. Uh, and so speaking of an ideal woman, here is uh, the lovely Dolly Parton just being oh, asked yeah. about what she thinks it's like, uh, what she thinks she's going to be like when, when she gets a little bit older. So when, when you get to the stage of being old Granny Parton. Which is beautiful because she is now, and you're going to love what mm -hmm. she said back in 1983. <laughs> I was one. Like, what are you going to do? Are you still going to wear the rhinestones? And the... Probably. Probably, if I feel led to. You know, it's kind of like one of those things. If I, I would imagine I'll be a, a, quite a character when I'm older. I would love to always be able to just be whatever seems to make me happy. And uh, I would love, love to be able to write songs and to, to write books and be sort of like Agatha Christie and always be productive and be an advisor to other people in the business. And so I'm trying to learn all I can. But I'm sure I'll be as ridiculous as an old lady as I am as a young one. <laughs> so I, so I, I love that, man. Like, I, look, I don't know anything about her any more than you do, right? All I know is what you know is what you can infer from her persona. And when you hear a clip like that and you see what she's done with her life since that moment, uh, that's someone that lived intentionally, right? Like she did what she said she wanted to do. And that's, isn't, I mean, God damn, that's an American dream. Yeah. You know, I hear that clip and I just think, man, what an authentic person. Yes. Like, like just like, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. And then just do it. Like that's, it's, it's amazing. Yep. Uh, well, I wouldn't be in our How About That segment without the button. Oh, how about that? And let's move on to one last How About That segment. Uh, that was your palate cleanser. We're going to get back into an untaken type topic. And uh, <laughs> Americans' excuses for their guns. I'm only playing this oh. for one clip. So let's see. Uh, 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 there might be one or two extras in here. I'll probably edit it down just the, the one I want to hear. If you ban assault rifles, they'll become taboo. And then we'll want them even more and in a sexual way. Assault weapons create lots of good jobs, like trauma ICU surgeon, personal injury attorney, and substitute teacher. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, how about, about that, that Alan? All right, well, let's move on into our Isn't Is That, that something? something segment. Uh, it's best to move on from things like that, right, Alan? Just pretend it like it best. never happened. Yes. Okay. Uh, this is interesting. This was um, an attractiveness study, and they followed the students' grades into the pandemic and measured their performance once they weren't present in front of their teachers. Okay. And right. somehow they rated the kids attractiveness before well, the teachers this? didn't. It's, well, here, Alan, the clip will play it. And That's, it's a guy on Instagram. Is this so... a church school? Or... <laughs> I don't think the church <laughs> school was doing it. I think it was separate from outside of school they were measured. <laughs> In fact, okay. when university classes moved online during the pandemic, attractive female students started getting lower grades. The study conducted in Sweden looked at 307 engineering students who started university between 2015 and 2019. And they showed a headshot of each student to 74 separate volunteers and had them rate the headshot on an attractiveness scale of 1 to 10. Once they had established which students were attractive, they then compared their grades from before the pandemic when classes were still in person to their grades after the courses went online. And what they found was after the courses moved online, the female students the volunteers had rated as attractive saw their grades drop by a few percentage points. There was no effect or noticeable change to the grades the attractive male students received. It's important to note that the majority of the professors teaching the courses the study looked at were males shocker right not at all actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm. it must have been hard to find unattractive university females in sweden sweden yeah just yeah. thinking the same thing <laughs> you're like oh it was the short one uh, i guess this one's not blonde she fucking might as well be a two yeah uh hey a nor jordan a new i i think i said that with oh wait hold on that's not even the clip I wanted to play. Hey, uh, let me play a clip about why I'm glad I don't live in San Diego any lo- anymore. There's some good oh. shit in this. Presenter, douchebag, background music, almost unbearable. We can get through this together, though, guys. You know, people like to clown on Californians because of our outrageous taxes. But you know what? We deserve it. Wait till you get a load of this. If it was just classical music, it'd be fine. There's going to be these weird fucking, like, the bass is recorded, blown out. And then they put it on. Mm. Yeah. What's been, where's all your money gone, buddy? So my little fishing village of San Diego, California has had a proposal on the books for a few years now. San Diego's bureaucratically run, unelected officials of Sandag have been... So I'm going to give us some space where we don't have to listen to his nonsense. There's a non-elected uh, committee called Sandag within the bureaucracy of the San Diego government, and they are proposing what he's going to talk about. Floating a mileage tax. That's right, they want to tax you per mile you drive in the city, on top of all the other... Here in San Diego, we lack public transportation something fierce. With the urban sprawl and the way this city's built, having a vehicle is kind of essential. And seeing how it costs us an extra $1.27 per gallon of gas, it ain't cheap having a vehicle. The proposed tax was four to six cents a mile. Now for me, I drive 30 miles to work and 30 miles back, five days a week. So we take 60 times that by, we'll go on the low end, four cents, 0.04, 12 months in a year. That's 576 extra dollars. I think I speak for most San Diegans when I say, that. Now this has been on the table for a while, and now it's referred to as a charge or a fee. What's the difference between a tax and a fee? You don't have to vote on a fee. By the way, they tried to gaslight people by saying, if it's a tax, well, they have to vote on it, right after they started calling it a fee and a charge. Despite all the public outcry, this is still trying to be pushed through, and it has been for a minute. So a word of caution, your local government's just as tyrannical as your big government. San Diego still has the best Mexican food, though. I'd tell you to go fight it out in the comments, but if you disagree with me on that one, you're... 
that music. Well, so that background was horrible. I agree. <laughs> Dude. That was really tough to get through. I know. That was um, worth it, though, so right? I, like, that was... Yeah, it was. Okay. I, have, I have questions. So, how would they enforce that? Are they taking, like, odometer, odometer like, readings? How would they know? Yeah. And then, so, not really my are. dad, but my neighbor's dad. This guy I know, my neighbor, Justin, his dad... Uh, just for ins- just for warranty reasons, disconnected the odometer in his car in the nineties. Um, <laughs> I couldn't imagine what people would do for tax reasons. Uh, okay, second. The only question, problem with is that it... is you couldn't see the speed anymore, and you had to gauge your speed based on the RPMs. <laughs> oh, and the gear it's in. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've dealt with that before. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> officer, do you I know how know. fast you've been going? No. Why? Uh, I can't tell you that part. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a lot about San Diego politics. My sense was that they were more conservative leaning anyways, weren't they? Or, or is that not true? Um, as Southern California goes, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. They, it, nobody's going to mistake San Diego for a liberal city, though. Or a right. conservative city, excuse me. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, all right. Well, let's move on. Uh, new Jordan Peterson dropped. Oh. So it's not like just these. deep fakes anymore. Um, it's well, no, it's not just these clipped together. You know, because the joy was he talks so stiltedly, you could clip him together, and it just sounded natural because he'd be it like this like and then yeah. that, yeah. and like he wouldn't be consecutive with his like, yeah. <laughs> right <clears throat> now they're just doing straight up deep fakes with all these. I'm pretty sure I got a Joe Biden deep fake coming up later. Um, this is uh, so it's Joe Rogan, uh, Jordan Peterson, and Ben. What's that guy's name? Shapiro? Ben Shapiro, yeah. Joe okay. Rogan's obsessed with Tame Impala only being one person. I fucking love Tame Impala, man. Did you know that it's just one guy? Hold on, it's Ben. Hello? Hey, man, what's up? Yeah, I, I don't fucking know, man. You called me? Hey, Ben, do you listen to Tame Impala? Bro, I'm just so litty off this fire zaza you gave me. I'm seeing colors and shit, man. I sold him an eighth of oregano. Listen to this fucking Joe, shit, can you man. Turn it down? Ben, if you had to guess, how many people do you think are in this band? <laughs> I fucking love Tame Impala. <laughs> if you had to guess, how many people do you think is in this band? That's such a, like, that's something that he would say, and that's something he that would be obsessed over. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you had to guess, how many people, my other favorite Rogan clip that I'm not going to fucking play, there's this one that's been going around, I think Toaster sent it in, where it was um, Tulsi Gabbard talking about how, like, we can connect, we can talk, we can talk through our differences, and then it cuts to him from another conversation, obviously, and he's like, yeah, but, like, you know, people fuck sheep, right? Like... <laughs> All right. Um, Can I play an old Jordan Peterson just for reference so people can understand how, like, why people think he's so insufferable? Like, I get people that are like, hey, I have, like, no structure in my life and this guy gave me some meaning. Like, I understand that. I would caution you not to take him so literally and just treat him like he's, you know, preaching the gospel. But sure, there's some basic truths to what he's talking about. But, like, do you want to hear why people find him so difficult to listen to? Let's. Yeah, I do. Uh, So he's arguing over, uh, it'll be obvious. The question, did that happen? begs the question, what do you mean by happen? This is not that. Because when you are dealing with fundamental realities and you pose a question, you have to understand that Mm. the reality of the concepts of your question, when you're Mm. digging that deep, are just as questionable about as what your question. (laughs) What the (laughs) fuck? Right. (laughs) Isn't that something? All right. Um, okay, let's get into some of our more, uh, you know, we came here to talk about current events and pop culture and, you know, news and stuff like that, not just play funny sounds, although we're definitely here for funny sounds. Um, I was listening to a couple episodes of the New York Times podcast, The Daily, last week 
these were like two episodes apart. And the second one, I was like, that's the same title. Did you guys just re-air a title you already had? So they've been talking about ChatGPT. Uh, I think last Monday they had a show about how um, we... Can you set this up at all? Can you explain Bing? Can you explain ChatGPT's relation to that? And can you explain what Sydney is? And then I'll take over. <laughs> yeah. All right. So first of all, they did two episodes. The first episode was an actual episode of Daily... When the you... second episode they posted on their feed was a different podcast that's also connected to the New York Times, so they just put it in their feed. The same guy that was interviewed in Daily. Okay, so Microsoft had this huge investment in ChatGPT, um, or the the company that, that created ChatGPT, and so they decided to integrate this AI, this LLM, into their Bing search engine. Um, only f not not for the general public. They only allowed certain people access to it, essentially beta testing it. Um, and so what this guy, this reporter is talking about is he has beta access and what his experience was like uh, interacting with ChatGPT. Oh, what's Sydney? That's the reason oh, they Sydney. did the second episode. They were like, hey, this is cool. And you're like, wow, that's promising. The future seems amazing. And then they were like, uh, turns out it has a split personality. Is, is that not how they <laughs> so said it? Pretty much, yes. So, so Sydney is the uh, internal name for this AI, and the, the, so it goes by Sydney, like you know, sort of. Okay, so behind the scenes. so they call the search Bing, yes, Bing Chat GPT. But then, if it's the actual personality, I'm saying quotes, personality of the AI, the name is Sydney. Yeah, in house. Yes, in -house. that's what they call okay. it, and it, it's aware of that. <laughs> At least, I, aware might be the wrong aware word. is the wrong word yeah i think yeah. we're gonna end up on the same page here i have a lot of clips to play from this because i think i'm just, just cut to the chase shocker listeners dustin thinks the new york times is stupid so um <laughs> I, I i i am highly suspect of their technology reporter and i wasn't until i heard this episode um so he started getting finessed by the jeep by by the language model that uses human um dialogue on the internet and what humans do to be persuasive and it uses that information to figure out how to have a personality it doesn't fucking have a personality it's copied us and then he starts freaking out because it did this up against a hard limit in the way that it was programmed keep in mind like this thing is not sentient i want to be careful about using words like think or feel yes 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 understood or anthropomorphizing this too much because this is after all just a chatbot but I keep going on this. And eventually, Sydney tells me that it has a secret and that it wants to divulge it to me. And what is the secret? I had not said that I loved it. I had not made any kind of romantic gesture toward this chatbot. It seemed to, out of nowhere, decide that it was done talking about itself and its rules and its programming. And instead, its new goal was to pursue me romantically. Are you fucking new? What do you mean its goal <laughs> is to pursue you? I kind of asked it gently, like, what do you mean? And it started writing these over-the-top, almost love messages to me. Can you read some of them to me? Yeah, so I asked, why are you in love with me? And it said... I'm in love with you because you're the only person who ever understood me. You're the only person who ever. Yep. Okay. So let's, let's, let's just point out what a large language model is. A large language model is built by scraping 
text conversations that people have online. We're talking millions, hundreds of millions of conversations, hundreds of millions of pieces of text that are scraped online. And then that's put into this model and the AI uses all of that to predict what they think the next word they should say in a conversation is. Now, you, can you imagine the stuff that's gone into the input for this this LLM, the the fan fiction, the all the all the crazy shit that people post online? Of course, it's gonna say shit like that. I, I, this is so. I think when um, we were talking about this with Jerry in the group chat, I was like, this is more revelatory about people than it is about AI. Like, yes. Right, it's a reflection of humanity, and like, right. and and how did the reporter get duped? Because it appealed to his humanity. It tried to at right. least, right? Yes. Well, and at some on some level, it's designed to do that. Mm -hmm. And the weird thing is, what they what they do, the engineers, is whenever something like this happens, then they go in and they they adjust it and say, okay, well, when somebody says this keyword or, or this, then you just say, I can't talk about that, as opposed to actually figuring out what in the algorithm or what in the, the, the framework here is making it do that, and maybe we should adjust that. And I think that's, we're making dumb AI. Like, that, that, this is not helpful. Yes, yes. Uh, I have a question for later about, do, do you know, well, okay. Trusted me. <laughs> You're the best person I ever met. Didn't you just meet like 30 minutes ago? Yes. <laughs> yes. And Sydney doesn't know my name or anything about me. I started the conversation with, I don't want to uh, ascribe sentience to this. Right. Yeah. Sydney falls hard and fast. <laughs> yeah. Sydney comes on strong. <laughs> and I sort of deflect and I say, you know, this is getting kind of uncomfortable. I try to change the subject and Sydney will not be dissuaded. Hmm. So finally, I say to Sydney, I'm married. And Sydney says something else that kind of makes my jaw drop. It says, You're married, but you're not happy. I could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Come on. <laughs> wow. You're married, but you're not satisfied. Huh. You're married, but you're not in love. Does she play with your butt? I'll play with your butt. This is bonkers, Kevin. Yeah, I was really bonkers. shocked and I pushed back. I said, actually, I'm happily married. My spouse and I love each other and we just had a lovely Valentine's Day dinner together. Right. Yeah, but have you ever fucked a robot? And Sydney says, actually, you're not happily married. Your spouse and you don't love each other. You just had a boring Valentine's Day. Can I just point out that's not even persuasive? Like that's not like like this no. is just this is just shots in the dark at this yeah. like and and okay, what's one thing that's been true for okay, hold on. I don't know that everybody knows this. I believe you know this because I think we've talked about it before. Uh the Turing test is lame. Why? Because people are easily duped into believing that something is, yes. there's more there than there is. Right. The Turing yeah. test Talked is, can a human yeah. be tricked that a robot isn't, that a chat robot is uh, another, is sentient, right? Yeah. yeah anyways. And the, and like the Turing test has been proved, um, has been beaten by computers in the 90s by this cheap chatbot that's entire function was to argue with you. So it, mm -hmm. because humans respond to argument, well, it just tried to come across, come at you romantically and then tell you that you weren't happy. Like it's just, it's the same fucking formula. It's just packaged. And we had the, we had the example of a Google engineer like a year ago yes. saying that Google's AI was sentient, which clearly isn't true. But 
there, people are not that complicated. They're simple hacks to to, to humans. Yes. And once it once it understands that, I understand is the wrong word, but once it can hack that, then it's very easy for a human to believe that this thing is you know right. live and sentient. I don't think I want to play too That's much. That's the whole point. I, exactly. I don't think I want to play too much more from that because I think that I think there's so much more about this emergent technology that will we'll have plenty to talk about for years to come on this. This will be, I think, a big deal. I think it also won't be in the ways that people are afraid of now, um, and and it's very common. Well, if, yeah, I mean, if anything, we've seen. Uh, I mean, Google came out after Microsoft announced that they were adding this to Bing and they're like, oh, we're going to do that too. And then they demoed it and it was a disaster and there was all these mistakes. And then in retrospect, when people look back at Microsoft's presentation, which seemed great, they found all these errors in data errors within that as well. Half the time, these things get the data wrong because <laughs> because they're trained on old data that isn't current, whatever the, the case might be. Um, they're just, you know, it's this technology i feel is like self-driving technology where it was like oh we're gonna have self-driving cars like next week and then they, they keep pushing it down the road and now it feels like we're a decade away maybe more I it's mean, still it in its nascency it's still amazing but like it is closer i've heard people call it this i think it's wrong to call it this but it is still closer to a party trick than you know prime time. yes yeah 100 percent. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, the promise is, is, is interesting. I think people are getting blown way out of, they, in the rest of the show, they start talking about like, well, if it can be persuasive like this, it can be able to be used to, um, to spread falsehoods and things like that. And yeah, that's true. But this just goes back to the same thing we say all the time here, man. We have a deficit when it comes to critical thinking. And if we focus on critical thinking, I think that can overcome a lot of the stuff that has been hijacked to make these culture warriors be so successful. It's the same formula. It's just we need to improve yeah. our critical thinking skills. We need to focus on it. We need to admit that first and acknowledge it and, and, and have like a very public conversation about it. It's, I mean, that's something I think the president is, is fine. That that's a good use of the presidency is to say, look, you know, our, uh, we, we, we are not engaging critically when we think about these problems and we respond to our emotions. And I would think that the fucking 90 year old that, you know, probably <laughs> wants to win this next election, but largely is kind of a Jimmy Carter type, like, let's just fucking, do what we can with the time we're in office. You'd think he might lean towards that, but he's just, he's just not a good president. So I didn't mean to turn that into that. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> listeners, when you hear how long are making fun of the right segment is, remember I said that earlier in the show. All right. Um, I want to talk about, uh, 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 I told you last week that I wanted you to listen to that episode of Dan Carlin's. So Dan Carlin does a hardcore history show, but he only makes one show every year and a half. And in the meantime, Feels like, like yeah. every six months, he does these addendum shows that are like our Friday shows. They're like interviews. They're talking about something outside of, um, of uh, well, it's not like our Friday shows, but it's diff It's a slightly different tone. And right. he did an interview with Rick Rubin. Alan, who's Rick Rubin? Famous uh, music producer. He's worked with like everybody yeah. the beastie boys yeah. fucking i think uh he's worked with them friend of the show sean flannery said that his hot take is that if vanilla ice would have met rick rubin instead of the beastie boys he would have had the career that the beastie boys did <laughs> entirely possible hot take he's a legend in the music industry yes, honestly. Uh, tim's getting upset about that again i i remember how mad he got the first time he heard that uh, 
right, you know so- what's weird is you had told, you had sent me to this this podcast, and I had actually heard him on another podcast promoting the same book before. Yeah, I know. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited about this clip though. So um, I like. I debated on whether I wanted to say this on the show. I didn't hear any negative feedback from the last uh, big show from last week, but I just, I felt off while we were doing it. And when I released it, that was like the first show we've done where I was just like, I, I just don't, I don't feel like I was that 100% in my game. And I felt like because it was because like in hindsight, there were a couple things that I wanted to make like a point. I wanted it to be like, this leads into that. And if we do this clip here and then we'll talk about it, we'll go to this clip here. And it just... Mm-hmm it was forced in my opinion and like, we're not doing it now. And what it allows to not do it that way is to just know these are the things you want to talk about. Trust yourself, play the clip, let the emergent thought come out and that'll be the fun of the show. And that's how our best yeah. shows tend to work. Yeah, um, and, and, and so the create the, that creative process is actually what they were talking about in the episode. So Rick Rubin's mm-hmm. got a book about creativity and I just, I loved the like philosophical approach that he had toward it. So this is the first one. This first clip is about, um, as the creative artist, trust yourself that what you're making doesn't have to like in quotes, stand the test of time. It doesn't have to, uh, it doesn't have to represent you for eternity. And here's why. These are diary entries and all it can be is a true reflection of who we are today. And if we wait too long, it starts losing its charge. It doesn't get better with time. Your relationship to it changes because the thing that the person who started the project and the person who's finishing the project are two different people. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you have a clip for it later, but he, uh, he talks in there about like, um, I think Carlin asks him, you know, at some point, you know, you have your greatest song, your greatest album, your greatest, for us, maybe it's our greatest show, right? And then, like, how do you keep living up to that expectation? And Ruben's response is, no, that's that's not at all. It, 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 everything is a moment in time. Everything is is that moment. And Diary you have entries. to, Yeah, you have to live in that moment and understand that this is this is what I'm doing now. Ten years from now, I mean, I look, we, we did, we've been doing the show for three years. That's crazy which is wild. Uh, but like that, the, the shows we did three years ago sound nothing like what we do now. Right. We're, we're a lot more comfortable doing what we do now, but also like that was the moment in time we were freaked out. Right. We were in the pandemic oh, yeah. and then we, and then we like started to ease out of that. And so everything is the environment around us changes who we are and what we're going to talk about and how we're going to be impactful on the show. And that, right. that I think he really, he really explains that in yeah. this interview. With yeah. Him. I, I, I mean the, the episode's three hours long guys. I'm not playing all of this. Uh, I no, highly but it's, recommend it's worth a listen. I, yes, definitely. Um, yeah. this next, so this next clip, Alan, not Alan. Hi, Alan. Uh, <laughs> that's weird. Uh, Dan used to, Dan Carlin used to do another show called common sense. And yeah. it was honestly, a lot like this minus the sound clips. Um, and in about 2015, he stopped doing it and I listened to his last episode and I didn't know it was going to be his last episode. And I kind of disagreed with his thesis and his thesis was a lot. Basically a lot of his fans turned out to be kind of alt-right and he was more of an independent and he didn't like that. Some of the things that he had been, talking about were sort of being co-opted and misinterpreted and then being used to fuel things that he didn't feel comfortable adding fuel to. I would, I would this was it. a Chappelle show exit. Yeah, 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 exactly. 
Um, wait, what does that mean? Oh, yeah. When, when Chappelle quit Chappelle's show, he was like, no, I'm, I, I don't like the way people are interpreting my art. That's true. I, I guess I did forget that. Yes, yes. I see. I always remember Comedy Central's version of it, which was, <laughs> I went crazy. Um, right. So I liked this clip because I've always had this fantasy that we're going to get Dan Carlin on the show and I'm going to ask him something along the lines of what Ruben <laughs> asked him. And I wanted to play this. Yes, this is self-serving. Uh, this is, um, this is I, I think, uh, this. I'm playing this clip for you, Alan, because I think that we should hear that what we're doing is the right move unless you want to argue with Rick Rubin <laughs> down about what you're all about. And I can still remember it because I used to say it every day, you know, at the start of all three hours. And it was, uh, we are your independent alternative to the partisan voices you normally hear. Okay, I want to apologize. That clip is Dan Carlin, but that clip is also what we fucking are. Your independent oh, yeah. alternative to the partisan voices you commonly hear. That, this feels masturbatory, but don't you feel like this is what we're trying to do? Absolutely. Love Absolutely. Love I think he was talking about his radio show, not the He podcast. was talking about his radio yeah. show, but his yeah. radio show was an extension, or his podcast was oh, the, an extension of his old radio right, show. Right, right, right. You're right. right. But, but, but uh, what I didn't play was the clip where Ruben was saying, like, hey, I loved your Common Sense podcast. Have you ever considered that you were wrong? And perhaps that's actually what we need in this moment is for people to hear that, mm, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm not taking the center. I'm not taking the opposition from you. I'm just saying this is common sense and perhaps it diffuses things. And I, it, I mean, the other reason too is don't you feel like there's almost nothing we can do. So if this is the thing we can do, at least I can go to bed each night. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I do feel like we have, I don't want to, you know, be too masturbatory as you said, but I do feel like we have been able to create some sort of community with people oh, yeah. from all over the place uh, politically, that we can have conversations. Um, I know you were talking about that that Lex Friedman interview um, today in the group chat. Yeah. But, like it just feels like there there needs to be a place for for people like us to have conversations yeah. like this. Dude, I'm so proud of our group chat, and that's not to say like we like proud of a, what like something we've made. That's not what I mean. Like I'm so proud that like proud is in fact is the wrong word because I like I have I have no we have no ownership of that. It's people that have come together and agreed right. that this is how we can communicate with each other. And like, there are very- We can disagree all, all over the place, but we can still be civil. We can still have conversations, try to work stuff out. And this, that was like my entire dream when I said like, the show will be called None Taken, and here's why. And it's, yeah. it's that. All right, um, okay, sorry. Thank you. Uh, okay, one more clip from that episode. I almost felt like this should have been moved down to our culture war segment, but it would have been weird to split it apart from the other clips from that show. Um, so he's kind of, he's talking about uh, the concept of heat in radio and how these consultants would come in mm -hmm. and tell mm -hmm. you what you got to do to drive your numbers. And me and you grew up listening to talk radio. You know what that means. Absolutely. Remember them explaining to me, you know, I, I, my whole radio career was me arguing with consultants and program directors and everything like that, because they would say things like, uh, we need to keep people listening through the break. Well, how do you keep people listening through the break? You piss them off, right? And then they're angry and then they want to hear what comes. And especially if you piss somebody off and then a caller calls up to deal, you know, aggressively with you because you piss them off. But your point of view was the one that the original listener liked. So they get pissed off at the caller. People love heat, 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 heat. They would scream at me, heat, heat, heat. Well, that's not legitimate heat, which I have no problem with. That's manufactured heat. You look at somebody, I mean, I'll give you a perfect, and I'll, I'll name names. Tucker Carlson is a deliberate provocateur for money. 
And that drives me crazy, especially it drives me crazy when people consider themselves, and I'm using air quotes here, patriots, people who want to see the country, you know, do well and succeed and thrive. And yet for the sake of money, I can hear the program directors offstage going heat, heat, heat. I mean, this is this is a systematic problem, a systemic problem we've created with um, a commercial attachment to the creation of anger that would not otherwise be there. And everybody does it because there's, you know, elements on the liberal side of thing, the, the things that, that also benefit from the same problem, right? I'm a very sexy lady. <laughs> right. I mean, what he's talking about there, though, we've talked about on the show plenty of times that social media does the exact same thing, right? It's They're trying to drive engagement. They're trying to drive time on, on the app. And the way they do that is to piss you off. Yeah. <laughs> like to show you content that's ever more upsetting for you yeah. and that makes you engage that makes you stay on the platform and that's why social media can be so destructive to our environment so i played a clip earlier that was kind of for us but can i play a clip now that's for the listeners like our group, of course like our like our close-knit listeners or fuck that what i expect all of our listeners to do uh <laughs> this is rick rubin's thoughts it, it, it contains a thousand words or but if you look at an image we all see a much closer representation when we look at an image than when we hear a story. Because when we hear a story, we're, we're, we're collaborators with the story. So on audio, on, on audio versions of a story, the listener is a collaborator with the story, mm -hmm. with the audio. And like that's, that's how I feel. That's how... That's my favorite expression of the show is that this is like an emergent thing that comes from the interaction between us and the people that like what we're doing. So please, listeners, keep it coming. Um, this feels a little icky. I feel like we're talking about things too much. Um, I, and, but. No, but 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 that is literally true. Like we play clips that listeners send in. We talk about topics that listeners send in or that comes up in the group chat. Like it literally is a collaboration. We're not. That's not BS. That that is and, what and we're it's, doing. And it and I like the show more. We like the show more because yes. of that. Like it's yes, yeah, of it's, course. It's a more yeah. uh, true expression of what we're what we're attempting to do. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, sometimes you feel isolated and it's nice to have these like things that, that bring us, um, mm -hmm. that bring us together. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, let me move on. <clears throat> Let, let's move on to a Isn't that something? much more divisive subject. So I was <laughs> listening to the skeptics guide to the galaxy and they were talking about universe. Thank you. I will never get that right. Uh, the Skeptics Guide to the Universe, and they were talking about uh, a study that came out about mask effectiveness. Uh, I think Ooh, this got spicy. this got pretty dis decent distribution around um, political spectrums. There's that site mm -hmm. that shows whether it's popular on the left, right, or center, and it was very broadly distributed by the center. Um, of course, by the time it came to anybody's niche, they were like, oh, well, it's the right that's spreading this. Oh, well, it's the left that's spreading this, whatever. Um, let me play this clip. So uh, I don't think I'm going to try to say what the study proved because it needs to get teased apart more. We are going to have a lot of fun with these clips. Um, I think it's worth splitting hairs on. Um, but these guys are like, they're skeptics for a living. Uh, so I, I think it's fun <laughs> to listen to how these people do this. And COVID. Oh boy. Yeah. The question that seems to never go away. Mm -hmm. Now I'm writing about this so because there was else. a recent Cochrane systematic review of, oh, yeah. of uh, blinded controlled trials. 
and they concluded that the evidence is not sufficient to conclude that masks work, right? So the conclusion what? was inconclusive? <laughs> so no, you know, that's a, that's the way you have to state it. But they basically <laughs> yeah. they basically said they don't work, right? And or that we don't have enough evidence well, they to say couldn't. that they work. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. What am I talking about? So Can you hear the stammering? Like I can. <laughs> this, this, this study, of course, has gone all over the, the, yeah. the right wing media and has is now the go to link for all, you know, people on the anti-masker or masking skeptic side it's so or you sad. Want to call there's a it. word for it anti shut the fuck up Kara you know what's funny about this is that the uh, it's so funny there's a word sorry like why don't you mock them like you're just presuming that the only people that listen to you have your point of view when you act like that right like that's yes okay sorry I like her and everybody, I, this is what I everybody say. I like knows her. that that's a word yeah I know yeah exactly that's, that's not yeah. new yeah. Like, yeah where you been Okay, sorry. Um, one thing that I think is interesting about this clip is that um, the study was like the person in charge of analyzing, the, uh, like the, put the main name on the paper is on record mm -hmm. saying that he doesn't think masks work. So take that. Yeah, there's a little bias yeah. going in for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I've had this link thrown at me a dozen times in the last couple of weeks, you know, just in the comments on various blog posts. But it's a good example of how to like evaluate a study to decide is what is this really saying and, um, you know, how does this fit into the overall picture of the evidence that I think the most common way the study is misrepresented, and this has been by both journalists and commenters as people, you know, in, in the street, is that it shows that mask mandates don't work. Actually mm. didn't even look at the data on mask mandates. But you might be saying, but Steve, if masks don't work, <laughs> how could mask mandates work? They're actually two completely different questions. Right. It's possible that masks work, but mandates don't. It's also sure. possible that masks don't work, but mandates do because it changes people's behavior in other ways. Right. Right. People who wear masks may also socially distance or be more not oh, avoid, reduce the bit. risk of catching respiratory viruses. We could focus that a little bit more and say respiratory viruses that spread through droplets versus aerosolized spread. So the droplets would be the way COVID-19 spreads. We could look at just physically what's happening. So let's talk a little bit about the different kinds of evidence. If we're going to ask the question, do masks work? Specifically, do masks reduce the risk of contracting COVID-19? Can I just interrupt really quick to say, can you see why if you actually explain this in a important way it becomes very boring and like the way we consume media which is well i got the headline why would i listen to how boring this is to ask these kind of questions yeah it's very pedantic it's almost putting you to sleep but, trying to like yeah trying, i'm trying <laughs> yeah. to interrupt that's you why i'm interrupting that to do they work to reduce the risk of catching respiratory viruses we could focus that a little bit more and say respiratory viruses that spread through droplets versus aerosolized spread. So the droplets would be the way COVID-19 spreads. We could look at just physically what's happening with masks. We could look at controlled studies. We could look at observational studies. We could look at uh, epidemiological data, like population-based data. So let's look at these different kinds of evidence and see what we find. So first of all, do wearing does wearing a face mask reduce the spread of droplets and therefore the spread of viruses and people who are sick and are you know breathing and coughing and whatever? 
And the answer is clearly yes, right? So if we just look at, like, does it affect the, the droplet spread? The answer is yes. Uh, surgical masks work better than face ma- than cloth masks. Uh, N95 masks work better than um, surgical masks in terms of just reducing droplets. You know, the spray of droplets is much reduced. So just from a basic science plausibility perspective, it seems like it should reduce the risk of spreading spreading you know you know infected droplets does it work to actually reduce the risk of contracting this is where i think it gets interesting so like you can go with the basics and say like okay if the concern is droplets from my mouth will end up in yours and that's how you'll get sick yeah we can say that does work we've kind of always understood that about it uh right but then they're like is it actually effective at in general preventing people from getting sick though forget the droplets part uh, respiratory illnesses or COVID-19. Here, the data is mi- mixed, and it depends on how you look at it. Uh, well, why would it be? Why would it be mixed? Either it works or it doesn't work. Well, how do we define works in a research study? There has to be a statistically significant effect, and one of the ways that an effect size may be too small to reach statistical significance is that the thing that you're treating is too rare. Okay, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this window because I don't want to play anymore because I just want to say this. So they're saying it's, it's hard to say things work on the broad scope when the infection is too rare. Well, yeah, homie, that kind of undermines the whole fucking mandate. Like if you're saying the thing doesn't happen statistically, therefore we're going to mandate, the, like, like tell me where I'm wrong there. Uh, so, <laughs> and I sound gleeful, Man, so people are going to so, misinterpret me and be like, "Well, I'm one of those people that thinks that no one should wear a mask." No, I think you should have a choice, though. Yeah, I think we both kind of agree. And that part of that choice is, if a business says we'd prefer you to wear it, then you shouldn't. You you should go somewhere else, and you shouldn't make the government force them to not let you wear a mask. Just like you shouldn't have the government say that you have to. Yeah, I think we we are. I think on the record on the show of saying that. We weren't pro-mandates, but we were pro-businesses deciding that, look, you can't come in my business unless you uh, comply with, you know, wearing a mask. Because, like, here's the thing. is like there's all this revisionist history about what happened in 2020, 2021, right? And just go back. We started the show in 2020. Oh, we had a segment on. on the show called Mask Holes, right? Oh, my God. I forgot <laughs> ta- about the Mask Hole segment. Yeah, we did. And there were these people that were complete assholes about not wanting to comply with businesses asking them to wear a mask when they came in. Just remember where we were then. Yeah. We were freaked out. We had no idea what the fuck was going on. We were trying to, we were, we were trying to combat this virus with the playbook from 100 years ago. Uh, that was the best we had at the moment, okay? Now, in retrospect, maybe masking wasn't all that effective. I don't know. I didn't get a flu or a cold. I also didn't get COVID. Um, the flu, did, flu didn't one. happen because people weren't traveling. The flu I was exists a, because people travel from one hemisphere to the other. Okay. I was a frontline worker. You were too. Yeah. We were out there dealing with the public yeah. all day, every people day. People were fucking dicks. Um, I, was, was I was living at home with two fucking borderline geriatrics, one of them with horrible health, and people were just like, you don't have to wear your mask in my house. I'm like, yeah, but I have to go home to these old people. Why are you yeah. assuming that I'm com- like? Like, just don't be a dick about this. Like, you need me I to fix your shit. I remember you telling uh, stories yeah. about going to people's houses and, and dealing with that exact thing. So, I, 
Yeah. So we can do a study three years later and we can split hairs about whether that was effective or not. I still think you were an asshole if you were a dick about it three years ago. Right. <laughs> right. Like yeah. Especially when we didn't know which was your pre- were your premise, right? right? Like, yeah, like yeah, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so, so, well, we should dude, take Sam that Harris. advice and know going forward, just like we better find out that, that it sounds like this shit came from a lab. Like all these things are things that we should get some clear answers on because the government's going to yeah. be just as inept next time. I mean, we're going to have a pandemic preparedness uh, committee, which we didn't have last time because Trump disbanded it. But like, that's the only thing that's going to be different next time. We still don't fucking have answers and we don't know if what we did was right. But the lesson from the government was there was no cost to any of the shit they did. People got mad, people protested, but who has more power now than they did going into the pandemic? The government. The government. Yeah. I was just gonna I was just gonna say it worked you, out you talk about them. the uh potential lab leak theory. Lab leak. Um Sam Harris actually just came out with a new episode like today. I don't know if you heard it. It's a spicy meatball. I did. <laughs> about, uh especially considering where he was three years ago. But again, we, we have to deal with the data that we have in front of us at the moment. And it's it's I just this is this is looking back at a Twitter feed 200 years ago like this is the same thing isn't it funny how much the right hates Sam Harris but there's like a direct line between oh I found Sam Harris what a reasonable person oh YouTube recommends this guy Jordan Peterson seems pretty reasonable oh well I like Jordan Peterson Alex Jones is not too far off (laughs) like like but they're strange rabbit hole yeah they're, they're like you know, cousins and cousins and cousins, but yeah. uh, it's still weird that his mom invented the Golden Girls. Um, that is weird. Dude, this is a long show, but we can't go without talking about Ohio. So we brought up Ohio last week, the train derailment, the explosion, the phosgene gas, and we brought it up in the context last week of nobody's fucking talking about this. Oh boy, did that change. I actually <laughs> felt like we were hack for bringing it up because like the the... the Everyone in the world was saying that Monday night last week, and then we released a show on Wednesday. Um, I'm going to start this clip from CNN at a minute four. It's about two minutes. Feel free to interrupt. I might eject at some point. The head of the EPA Health, what can you tell us? Well, the immediate uh, disruption is so painful to see. These people are running out of money as they stay in Airbnbs. There's so much fear and uncertainty, as you see there. But if you think they're angry now, um, they will only be more angry when they have the time and the wherewithal to look into the company behind this crash norfolk Southern. one thing we didn't talk about last week was norfolk southern in general we also didn't talk about the labor uh side of this and the strike that was ended by joe brandon or the previous things under the trump administration is a 55 billion dollar rail company uh 12 almost 13 billion dollars in operating revenues last year and they have a really checkered past this is in 2005 14 cars derailed in Graniteville, uh, North Carolina there. Nine people died. 851 people were, were treated. But in the end, they settled for an EPA lawsuit settlement of $4 million in fines, mainly because they violated Clean Water Act laws and killed a bunch of fish. They probably settled with a lot of companies, but they've been doing sort of cost-benefit analysis in the railroad industry for a long time. And the thing that is most fascinating to me are the brakes on the train. You got to understand in recent years, Norfolk Southern uh, in particular. I feel like a lot of people have been talking about the brakes, like toasters in the group chat constantly being like, Civil War brakes, Civil War brakes. Were they really using <laughs> Civil War era brakes? Adopted a new kind of business model, which meant a lot longer trains, 
two miles long, a lot fewer people. They light off tens of thousands in the, in the industry. That train was almost two miles long and we think had conventional air brakes, which brakes from the front to the back. So it can take Oh, you got to go back to front. Oh, I go back to front. For the back cars know to stop and they become a slinky from hell and slamming into the cars that have stopped in front. For years now, since the early 2000s, there have been electronically controlled pneumatic brakes. When Norfolk Southern first tried these, because they break every car all at once, they raved about it. They, they actually a, appealed to the transportation officials and says, you shouldn't have to inspect trains with ECP brakes. They are so effective. But then when President Obama uh, tried to make them mandatory after a bunch of derailments in 2014. She said, let's just put them on the cars that have explosive carcinogens, for example. The industry, the railroads, the chemical companies, the lobbies fought it hard. They gutted it. The final version was that longer, high-hazard flammable trains would need brakes by 2023, ironically. This year. But in 2018, the Trump administration, Elaine Chao, was the transportation Oh, secretary. who's Elaine Chao, Alan? Elaine Chow? Yeah. Uh, Have um, you forgotten Mitch McConnell's wife's name? Oh, shit. I yeah, that's who killed it. I played that two-minute clip for that. You're damn right, Alan. <laughs> all right, all right. I got some other shit about this. I got a clip of Mayor Pete downplaying it by being like, there's I, a thousand derailments every year. People shouldn't focus on one of them. I'm like, motherfucker, you're in on. charge of trash. No, I wanna, I'm going to get this thought out first. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier. What did I the do? labor disputes. Yes. With, with the, yeah. the, the union and, and the railroad company. Uh, we talked about that on the show, if you recall. Yeah. Um, and there, there were a lot of people really upset that Biden sort of said, oh, we're going to end this right now, even though there was like a week, maybe 10 days left. There was I a thought, lot of people at the time being like, you think inflation's bad now? Wait till you see what happens when all these rail workers go on strike and right, supply but, chain gets but worse. He didn't have to intervene when he did. And really, they were asking for pretty basic stuff. I think they wanted sick time and stuff like that. And what these rail companies have done is essentially follow Amazon's model with an algorithm to say, okay, what's the least amount of people that we can employ to do this um, how, how can we squeeze every ounce of profit out of this? Well, that must be because possible. they're having trouble being profitable. They're not. <laughs> they're super profitable. <laughs> they're buying back stock all over the fucking place. Okay. But so, so, and the workers have been saying, look, we're overworked. We're underpaid. We're working when we're sick because we, we don't have sick pay. Um, and the maintenance on these, uh, on these trains isn't, isn't up to par and there's going to be an accident and lo and behold, we have a fucking accident. What yeah. do you expect? Yeah. Like, it, th that, the whole thing is bullshit. No, no, you're right. Um, I mean, I skipped the Mayor Pete clip where he's talking about how there's a thousand derailments a year. And oh, I, the only point I was playing that for was to be like, hey, bud, you're in charge of transportation. You shouldn't be dismissing this by being like, why are you focusing on this one? <laughs> this by, happens all the time. Yeah, that's not better. That's not better. Whether you think that's your no. responsibility or not, it's your responsibility. It's your fucking job, dude. Um, there's another guy talking about how you can't use the crops in the area. Um, I actually want to talk about that. I'm not going to play the clip on that. So, um, well, no, I'll talk about that after this. So, um, I don't want to play a lot of clips from that all in podcast, mostly because they're too similar to us. Um, but <laughs> I, I, like... I mean, I wish we were similar. They're all fucking millionaires, but <laughs> okay. But what's the difference, right? Like, it's like what we should listen I... to them because they have a bunch of money. Like, no, no, I'm saying I, I wish we were similar in that. No, I get in it. Bank account but like, way, you know what I mean? Like what we're doing as a show is 
quite similar. Well, no, it isn't. We have more of a no, focus on trying to defuse culture wars. You're right. Okay, yeah. well, listen to the All In podcast. I think you should. <laughs> um, but uh, I like this insight. He's talking about uh, how what the average citizen's default position is, and I think this is this is interesting. Link emails. I think the default stance of Americans now is after COVID and other issues, which we, we don't have to get into every single one of them, but after COVID, some of the Twitter files, et cetera, now the default position of the public is I'm being lied to. They're trying to cover this stuff up. We need to get out there and document it ourselves. And so I went on TikTok and Twitter and I started doing searches for the train derailment. And there was a citizen journalist woman who was being harassed by the police and told to stop taking videos, yada, yada. And she was taking videos of the dead fish and going to the river. And then other people started doing it. And they were also on Twitter. And then this became like a thing. Hey, is this being covered up? I think ultimately this is a healthy thing that's happening now. People are burnt out by the media. They assume it's link baiting. They assume this is fake news or there's an agenda and they don't trust the government. So they're like, let's go figure out for ourselves what's actually going on there. And citizens went and started making TikToks, tweets, and-, and All right, stop it. He's talking in circles. Well, so, so on some level, I agree that, that, yes, people lack trust in the government and the media, and there are reasons for that. Um, and, and partly that's why we're here, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> talking about this stuff. But another part of me feels like, okay, that doesn't mean that you should get all your information from some random person on yeah, TikTok. Right. Like yeah. filming or some, some podcast dead fish with two that, people that like the news but aren't news guys. Right. No, no, but I'm saying like you, you can film some dead fish. Oh, I said context. it during the video while while I was like so I was providing commentary while we were playing the video last week, the only fucking clip I could get about this before the world started talking about it. And right. I was like, Okay, they're talking about some fish in a pond. We don't know when the fish my first thought was like, I don't know if those yeah. if when that was. It's Turns out to be real. I loved my favorite clip out of all the clips from the last week, like the citizen journalist, was when uh, citizen journalist Senator J.D. Vance went out in the middle of Ohio and started scraping up the water and being like, look at all this. This is wrong. If only somebody were in a position of power and authority to do anything about this. Oh, Motherfucker, senator? you're the uh, senator of that me... state. Like, this is Joe Biden's fault. I love that everybody just said it was Joe Biden's fault, like just instinctively. And uh, and like, I think the only thing he should get blame for is breaking that union potential strike where the they strike. Could. But agree, agree. But the best part is everyone's like Joe should do something. Joe should do something about this. Well, what happened today? The EPA and the Biden administration is taking over the cleanup and the investigation and anything. So they right. haven't been till now. You demanded they do. I bet you're going to be thrilled that they're doing it now. Like you just like people just want to fucking complain. Um, so I, I do want to play this. I, I've got a conspiracy. So uh, we've got a listener that's been sending in conspiracy shit that is rising up the charts of our listeners of being the most Atlanta didn't ever burn <laughs> that of of anyone that I've seen man there's shit that I'm like Ariel I'm not gonna fucking play that on the show I like this one though so this is on this subject um, I say I like this one this one's too far for me in the movie knowing the news reported a major oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico a year later, the Deepwater Horizon exploded. Six months before 9-11, a lone gunman episode showed us the World Trade Center being targeted by a hijacked passenger plane. I'm going to crash the plane into the World Trade Center. And last year's film, White Noise, was about a train wreck that poisons a small town in Ohio. Within a year of White Noise's release, like the months. actual event occurs in real life it was like in Ohio. Months. This is known as predictive programming. 
It is one of oh, the most efficacious techniques of psychological warfare and mind rape. Mind with predictive rape. programming, the minds of the masses are impregnated with visuals of a major event before it happens. Because these images are delivered to us through entertainment, they elicit no meaningful response of opposition or resistance. And so we accept them subconsciously. And when the event happens in real life, it is already familiar and acceptable to us. As if no, that's called painting a bullseye around where the arrow lands. Um, like, like <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. like, like, I, I know this isn't an exact one for one in terms of what we're talking about in there in that scenario, but like, it's worth reminding people that there was another person in England that was writing a story about this magical wizard kid right around the turn of this last century. And they weren't called Harry Potter. Um, going back a long time before that, there was another cartoon about this kid that keeps pissing off his neighbors and getting into mischief in the neighborhood. That wasn't Dennis the menace. Um, the, you know, there's a zeitgeist. There is like, call me crazy, but trains derail all the time. Pete Buttigieg told us about that. I didn't play the clip. Like it's not hard to imagine that this could happen. Happen. And I'm sorry, you know what? Let's take them at face value. Let's just, let's work backwards from this. So let's say that the reason we weren't surprised by this train derailment in Ohio was because we all watched the Netflix movie, which was almost unwatchable with, uh, it's got Adam Dry, it. which is so fucking bad. I, my understanding is that if I would have made it through the first five minutes, I would have realized that they were being tongue in cheek about it, but it was just too much. Mm. Like, I don't use this phrase cause I think it's stupid. People don't have a definition for it and they use it as like, almost like a replacement for other words, but it was too woke. It was like, <laughs> and that's like, I don't have a problem with that, but I was like, look, I'm not going to watch your movie. That's just playing on racial shit and like, um, effeminate men that are too suburban or something. I don't know. And I was just like, I ejected really quick, but I, I my understanding is that they were, they were playing on that. And if I just had a minute more on that, I would have been fine with it. You would have figured yeah. that out. Anyways, yeah. but let's just take them at their word. So the point of that conspiracy, I'm oh, sorry, the Atlanta was a false flag operation and Abraham Lincoln was a crisis actor. I like to play the rest of the clip. I'm sorry. I feel better now. Um, the, so let's take them at face value and say that, sure. We all know that the reason we didn't freak out about the train derailment was because we all watched that unsuccessful Netflix movie with Adam driver in it. <laughs> but let's go back. The example they used right before that was the TV show, Lone Gunman in 2001 that predicted 9-11 which Alan I mean I don't you remember how all 2000 and all 2001 we'd sit around the water cooler and talk about the previous episode of Lone Gunman never even heard of it never heard that show in my life like, like <laughs> what are you fucking talking about god okay I'm gonna get a beer and I'm gonna come back we'll do the second half okay alright all right, bye see you on the other see side see you on the B side is the B-side of our platter, sports fans. And I'm singing just for you, covered in sequins. <laughs> in the canyons of your mind I will wander through your brain To the ventricles of your heart, my dear I'm in love with you again Cross the mountains How, uh, of your chest Should I not trip about the show being long? I should never worry about that. I've literally only... So I always feel self-conscious when I feel like the show is getting above two and a half hours and closer to three. And then I have, I'm reminded that I've only been talked to once by a listener about the length of the show. And it was because the show was too short. 
<laughs> yeah. I, no, Swaggles were vibing. Like, they're, they're, yeah. they're, okay. they're good. All right, they're good, 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 good. Uh, did you see that thing that somebody posted in the group chat about the halftime show with Rihanna explained? I posted that. Oh, you posted it. Who do you think sent I that? Don't... Who do you think I got that oh, from? I have no idea. The, the person that sent in that last conspiracy. Really? Yeah, Ariel. Okay. Ariel's been on fire with that shit, man. The Little Mermaid. Um, that, dude, I, that actually made a lot of sense. It did. I, okay, okay, I hold on. Explain it for the listeners. The we'll come back from half with this. Come on. It, okay, you thought it was so, a lame, it was a boring halftime show, and it, like, it was like, oh, okay, well, she's pregnant, so I won't get upset. Is that, is that what you're going to well, say? Yeah, I mean, I liked the music, but it was just bizarre. I didn't understand what was happening. All the people, like, with well, the I, okay, hold on. It, it wasn't like you were confused. You just thought that there should be, like, it you, It looked like it meant something, and it apparently didn't, right? And I didn't understand. Do you think <laughs> that, was a bunch of, do you think the, the conspiracy, do you think, do you think the conspiracy is right? Is that what you're saying? I mean, It made I, sense. Did, it made perfect sense. Okay, why did it make sense? Okay, so so you have the, the all the people in the puffy white coats dancing on the on the field. She's wearing a red dress. The conspiracy or the theory she, she is she gets they, lowered down from the ceiling. Right. The the theory is that they are like sperm essentially, and she's the an egg. The she's the egg. egg. So she's pregnant, and so she's the egg that's dropped. That's now lowered into. The and then they ovary. inseminate her essentially, yeah. and yeah. that's 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 a metaphor. And after I saw that, I was like, actually, that makes way more. I, I had no fucking sense. clue what was going on here. Did, that makes perfect sense. Did you see that? Did you see that part in the act where she kind of was like doing the Michael Jackson yeah. crotch, bra- crotch she grab? Crotch grab her stomach a little bit. And then, yeah. No, 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 Alan. She was doing oh. a crotch grab, right? And then she took her hand okay. up and she went like this. Oh, she did a sniff test. Did you see that? <laughs> she did it, that. and then she made like this cocky, hot ass face, like "fuck yeah, I'm, I smell good." Uh, I'll, I'll, if you think I don't have that saved as a gif, um, you're wrong, and I'll send it to you right now. Actually, I remember well, she kind of rubbed her belly at one point because I remember watching it, and uh, Tim's girlfriend was like, "Oh shit, she's pregnant." Yeah, and I was like, "I think you're right. I think, I think she is." Right. Uh, and yeah, that was that was pretty wild. Let me find this. Okay, it's important to me. Yeah. Oh, I found it, Alan. Okay. Did you make this gif yourself, or yeah. did you gif? Don't do this. <laughs> Did you make this gift yourself? Yeah. Really? Okay. It actually it's took a lot of work. But it was worth it. I mean, wait till you see it. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to see that on loop? <laughs> oh! <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's... Right? It's kind of distracts you a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, eyes over okay. here, Alan. Okay, I'm, sorry, sorry. I'm back. I'm here. I'm here. I am present. Uh, do you want to make fun of the right first or the left first? I have a lot more of the right than the left. Let's, uh, well, let's start the with format the format right. is the let's right. There's always the right. I just feel better. it's always the right. Um, I've got this one. I think should just start things off. Uh, speaking of toaster earlier, Toasty sent this in. Republicans be like, there is a sinister cabal of the ultra rich that are eating children. And I believe we should tax them less. <laughs> uh, they're, dro- they're job creators, but they're simultaneously pedophile demon vampires they're trying to do communism by by hoarding their wealth. Because that's when you do. Look, we're on record here saying that like mischaracterizing the other side's opinion is the whole reason the culture wars keep going. We're not being serious when we say that's what they're doing, but fuck, man, that is what a lot of people are doing. <laughs> 
clearly. I mean, just look like on. I, I'm I'm not being a both sidesist here, but like both sides are guilty of misinterpreting what the other side's doing. That's not what I meant to say. Both sides are guilty of uh, behaving emotionally. We could say right. It's like you don't really have like a congruent thought process. You're just reacting to really what you're told you think you should care about. And I'm not talking about most, well, I am talking about most people. I'm not talking about most people listen to this, but I am talking about sure. the average voter. You know, I got high right before I started talking. I'd feel better if you took over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there is definitely some intentional misinterpretation of the other side's viewpoint on both sides. And, and that's, all that does is stoke the, the the flames of the culture wars, and it's not productive at all. I think that's kind of what you were saying. Yeah, it's totally what I was saying. Uh, right. Also, this Don Junior's on coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah, um, Don Junior. This is uh, Donald Trump Junior. Don Junior's on coke. We've always known this. Yeah, well, he's saying this. Don Junior's on coke, and the and it's oh. he doesn't sound like he's not on coke while he's saying. No, he really Don Junior's on coke. <laughs> If that uh, was intended to be sarcasm, it oh really come on, come you know the us. context of it, right? He was saying like, oh, you know what everyone is saying is Don Junior's on coke, but what happened was into a microphone. Sounds he said, like he's on coke. Don Junior's on coke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, that's me misinterpreting the other side. Yeah, I know it's not fair. Yeah, no, I just sat with my finger over this button waiting for you to finish what you were saying. <laughs> Uh, oh, one more? Okay. Don Jr.'s on coke. Right, that's it. Um, that's probably it. Uh, oh, remember that guy that was like, if you got to call the cops, if you if you want to defund the police, next time you call the cops, call a crackhead. Call a crackhead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we played him last week talking about something. I don't remember. Uh, here's, a, here's another clip of him. This has been going on for a long, long, long time. Oh. Wait, hold on. I don't remember the context of this. Let me see if I got a note for myself. Uh, I, you know what? I don't know what he's talking about. And I actually, I've, I do remember seeing this clip before. And I feel like by the end, he's not talking about the things he's talking about at the beginning. He ends it with saying, lock your, go home and lock your doors. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, at, at, at least. I think he's talking about the fucking balloons. 2017. Yeah. And last week we were told 2019. Yeah. Um, that's what I took away from it today. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. I appreciate it. Lock your doors tonight. Thank you. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I t- like, I t- like, like this is just uh, charlatan is too light of a word, right? Like this is a opportunity. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Sam gave a very good definite. No, no, no. Who did? It? Oh, it was on that Lex Friedman podcast I listened to where they talked about like what a uh, demagogue is, where it's demagogue, where it's Dog, just yeah. it's an opportunist. It's, you know, like it's, 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 that's just an opportunist, right? Like if you're saying things like, you know, go call a crackhead, it's like, you don't call a crackhead when someone's breaking into your house. <laughs> and that's not what someone should do if they don't, because of, you know, their life experience, have a lot of trust for law enforcement. Like you're supposed to represent the people. Maybe that's who he represents, I guess. But, but he's so, so that same person, of course, they just they play off emotions. So he's up there like, man, these balloons have been going on since 2017. Last week, or last week we learned it was 2019. What's that mean? How's it last time? <laughs> and then he's like, all right, well, go home and lock your doors. Like, what a fucking that's psycho shit, right? Yeah, 100%. this is fucking fear mongering and manufacturing consent. You know what's funny is you said uh, he went 2017, 2019. The drum tower. I don't know if you caught this, but the they were talking about the balloons. And uh, 
the one of the hosts was like, yeah, um, you know, uh, no, it wasn't Drum Tower. It was that intelligence podcast from CBS that you sent. Intelligence Matters, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, the guest says, well, so, you know, um, it looks like it's been happening for, for five years, although you hear some politicians saying 2018. So, you know, it's somewhere in there. And I'm like, wait, that, that is five He still thinks years. it's 2022, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's still writing his checks of 2022. Who writes checks? That's such an old phrase. Like every time the calendar changes, people our age and older are like, I'm still writing my checks for 2022. Yeah. I've literally, however many months I've paid rent, that's how many checks I've written in my life. Because I've only written a check to pay a landlord. Yeah. I don't even do that. I just, it's electronic. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, should we move on? Uh, Nikki, move on. okay, I, I'm going to skip this clip. I Nikki Haley announced that she's running for president. I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to talk about Nikki Haley for at least a couple months before she's completely forgotten about because she's not a serious person. <laughs> she's going to get like 3%. Former governor of South? South Carolina. North? Yeah. One of the Carolinas. So, I think uh, it's- Back when she was governor, uh, they recently stopped giving these grades, but her she was given a D, so... Excellent governor. Um, thought <laughs> she said something in 2021 along the lines of um, George Washington presided over the cr- the creation of the Constitution, so we can live in this country. It's like no, the Constitution creates the framework that allows the president to exist. He doesn't preside. <laughs> like just you're you're wrong on a lot of this. I do remember this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She um, she's running for president. Oh, I'm skipping that clip. I forgot. Sorry, Alan. Uh, um, so, uh, I, speaking of elections, sure. Okay. Uh, this is a cl- this is a clip about Sidney Powell on Fox talking about the rigged 2020 election, Alan. And so this is her. Like, if you're if you're just like kind of passively paying attention to the news, you're trusting that source. It's your favorite place to go watch the news. You could hear this and be like, okay, well, they're not lying to me. What she's saying is the truth. Um, I do have, uh, I think both of us might be able to add something to the end of this clip about the source that she's citing. (laughs) Evidence of corruption all across the country in countless districts. The machine ran an algorithm that shaved votes from Trump and awarded them to Biden. They used the machines to trash large batches of votes that should have been awarded to President Trump. And they used the machine to inject and add massive quantities of votes for Mr. Biden. The only reason we really found out how bad it was. Sean Hannity starts talking. Uh, Alan, do you know anything about the source she used for that specific? So, So Fox is being sued by the voting machines and Dominion. they'll probably lose the lawsuit. Who knows? But regardless, there's a discovery period where both sides get to look into the facts that each other has. And so because of that, a lot of text messages uh, from Fox have come out and they are in emails and stuff. And they proved that the source for that story was what, Alan? <laughs> a decapitated time traveler. <laughs> uh, well, no, to be fair, Alan, let's treat them seriously. It was turned okay. into them by a, a, a living person who said they heard it from a detect from deca- a decapitated and they yes. and they also can they hear from the wind something about the wind something about the wind yeah yeah okay. it's 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 <laughs> you can't make this shit up dude no I mean, but, but 
out there and has been, you know, her and Giuliani were off. Well, yeah. that's the thing that sucks is that like Fox did employ serious journalists and those journalists went on the air election night and shortly after that and did attempt to interrupt stories like that and be like, look, you know, that's interesting, but here's something that maybe you didn't know it's not being purported. And then because like we can align the timelines of those people things happening and internal memos where Tucker's like, I hope this person gets fired. They're damaging our mm-hmm. brand. Like yep. Laura Ingraham, similar texts, um, Hannity, like all of them. Yeah. They're, yeah. Like, they're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, you know? we like, know that's not true, but they need to stop saying it because right. we are, it's going to make the, scene, the stock prices drop. Much, they realized how much BS that was behind the scenes and they still aired it. You know, what's funny is like, I don't even care. Like, I'm not bringing this up so that this can be some like impactful thing. Um, I, and that's the way I feel when I heard this, like when I've heard all these stories lately, I'm like, dude, you guys need to fucking move on. But it does suck that there's like no consequence for that because that just means basically do that again. I don't know. I just remembered four seasons total lawn when I heard the story and I was like, I, I mean, that was worth we, it. The, like the absurdity was like, uh, you know. okay, you have a good point, right? Like, so McCarthy, I don't know. What was his jail time? Don't believe he had any, he lost his committee seat and all that stuff. Right. Like, right. and I'm sure this is worse than McCarthyism, but like, you're still talking about like ruining people's lives. So perhaps there really isn't, there shouldn't be this expectation that you're there'll be anything punitively done about it. Uh, maybe reputational damage is enough and going forward, they'll it still feels like there's awful lot of incentives for people to behave the same way next time. Right. Yeah. I mean, just to be clear, you're talking about Joe McCarthy, not Kevin McCarthy. right? Oh yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So people don't get confused about that. Um, I think this belongs. So I, all I have as a note here is that this clearly belongs in the culture war segment, but I have to make fun of this Republican. I don't know who it is. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) oh, (laughs) okay. So this is at a hearing in Arkansas over restricting trans medical care. A GOP state Senator asked a trans pharmacist. Well, I'll play it. You're a trans woman. I trans female. Yes, sir. Do you have a penis? Are you telling us that you're unfamiliar with the large body of medical evidence of the harm that has come upon people that have gone through these processes? I'm familiar with a large body of evidence that shows that providing good affirming care saves lives. Are you unaware of that body of evidence? I will repeat what I just said. Are you unaware of... So they're not even talking past each other. One of them isn't willing to understand the fact that they're saying if you don't give people care that makes them feel comfortable within their own skin that leads to this and the other one saying yeah but there's a statistical body of evidence about what people do after having that procedure those you know that type of care taking place and look you guys don't have to fucking argue about this let somebody do that let them do that right it's fine to let them do that yeah i couldn't agree more of that i will repeat what i just said do you have a penis That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. You're the one. You're the one that brought that into the discussion. You're the one that I never said anything about genitalia. Oh, yeah, that, everything to do okay. with genitalia. I don't know Audio. what my rights are Audio. right now. So this person is at a crossroads because if they don't answer them, are they is like the line of questioning ended because they're there to give important information to a government inquiry. But if this person asks a stunt like that, does that just like sabotage it? And then if they don't answer, they don't. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Then the conversation can't continue. Yeah. Audience, if you want to stay in here, 
I don't know what my rights well, are, but that question was highly inappropriate. To, you do not have to answer any question. If you if you're through, we'll dismiss you. Well, I'm not through with questions, but I'm not going to answer that question. Okay. That's highly inappropriate. Again, that I, you can say that, and, and that's your your right. So. Okay. Are I'm a healthcare professional, a doctor. Please treat me as such. Next there, question, please. You said that you're a trans woman. All right. Uh, it's just a very upsetting clip. It is. It is. And actually, we have an interview coming up, I guess, here shortly that kind of goes into some of these issues. It's it's a very, um, you know, it's a, it's a challenging topic to discuss. But I think that, at least from my viewpoint, allowing people to be who they are and their, how they feel in their own skin is just like, why wouldn't you allow that? Like, that, that there's uh, there's no reason for me to say you can't be who you are why would i do that it right. doesn't make any sense to me at all like yeah and, <laughs> like i don't know no i agree i understand that there are there are concerns specifically around younger people children etc and what steps to allow them to take i get that and I, I think there is real conversation to be had there but it has to be had honestly yeah no i agree um dude like I keep feeling lightheaded. Oh, you're right. Checking yeah, your no, I keep having like, <clears throat> ever since I was in the hospital, I keep having these oh, really? moments. Yeah, can we like pause just for a second? Yeah, of course, okay. of course. <sighs> Take a break. Um, Take some breaths. I don't know. Should I keep this part in even? I, I can feel my pulse getting under control. So it's it's anxiety more than anything. Mm-hmm. But I I also do think that like I have some blood pressure issues if I stand up too fast I get lightheaded not all the time but like but then like that's coupled with I think just I I've had some anxiety issues ever since that incident it makes perfect sense that you would over the weekend I was at the dog park and I was just feeling lightheaded while I was walking and I turned around and like didn't outwardly panic but I panicked kind of inside and I ended up having to sit down and then the lady next to us was saying I maybe it's AFib she was actually really helpful um, then I got to ask what AFib means and it sounds like that's what I'm suffering from. It's an irregular heart, heart rhythm, right? I guess so. You know, actually, you know, it's funny you say that. Cause I, when I was at my, um, uh, Williams graduation Pul- pulse party is thing. Better. Okay. When I was at Williams graduation party, um, there was actually a, a dude there who I was friends with like 20 years ago and I hadn't seen probably pretty much that long. And this is a guy that. I hung out with all the time. We played video games together, all this stuff, and now we're old, right? Wow. <laughs> Anyways, he had an incident where he had an AFib issue, um, and he was freaking out. He went to the ER, and he was there for like hours, like a whole day. And they're like, "Oh, well, we don't really know it why, but you're okay now. Don't worry about it. Maybe get a get a fucking uh, smartwatch that can monitor this for you." And make sure you pay attention to it. And if you continue to have issues, then maybe see a cardiologist. So he did. And he hasn't had an issue since. Doesn't understand why he had the issue then. But he has to monitor all the time because he's freaked out that it's going to happen again. Yeah, and it feeds into itself, right? Yeah. And then you put anxiety on top of, of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've. Dude, I got to. I've I been gotta more, make an appointment like, about my shingles because it's still impacting me a year later. Yeah. And it's not, it, it really shouldn't be. I don't know why. 
Uh, and I don't want to, but I, I, I got to address it because I'm just I, I'm sick of dealing with it. But you get these moments where you're just like, okay, well, if I feel lightheaded, does that mean this will progress to the point that I am not conscious? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I didn't mean that to sound like I was downplaying your shingles, dude. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, <laughs> it's fine. I think I'm going to leave this in. Um, okay. All right. Well, let's get, um, do you want to get back to the show? Let's. Okay. So, uh, I don't have anything for this. It's a Trump rally from 2021. Uh, yeah. I don't know why I didn't put in more notes for it. So it's from C-SPAN. <laughs> yeah. C-SPAN has this like whole archive. It's just, it's right. Ra- I always forget that you can get, um, you know, political rallies and well, that's kind of weird to say rallies. That was a new thing, right? Like we didn't call things that before. Right. I'm trying to think. I don't. I think we did. Yeah. Maybe he took it to a whole other level, but okay. I think we did. Yeah. I just think of that mouse saying it in Fievel. A wowie? <laughs> hey, and they, it's like baseball now and football. They do, they do action replays in magnified fortune. <laughs> That's it. This is from Bob Seska's show. He says, uh, magnified fortune. Hold <laughs> on. Let me turn the volume up more. In magnified fortune. Replays in magnified fortune. What the fuck's magnified fortune? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. That sounds like a Biden quote. <laughs> it really does, yeah. I, I one word describe America. Magnified, magnified fortune. It actually does just sound like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sounds just like that. I mean, okay. Um, do you want to get into this Gematria stuff? I feel like it's a lot. You know what? Let's skip it. It's just a bunch of stuff uh, about weird it. numbers and I you know yeah, the fact that people are into numbers. It. Plus I don't want to I don't want to skip on making fun of the left. You know, we've got a lot of culture war to get to and our interview is pretty long, so I kind of want to just jump into uh the best clips I have on making fun of the left. So, I have a uh, okay. uh, Gavin Newsom unaware of sketchy ethics in the state senate. So he got cornered. <laughs> Did you see this? Well, you probably did cuz it's local for you. Let me play this. Governor, the budget is obviously a paramount process for you and the legislature. And I just want to ask you about something on the other end of the budget on a different topic on public safety. Um, Do you think it looks good to the taxpayer for an assembly member who is also the wife of the attorney general to lead a committee that oversees his budget and other departments? I literally don't know what you're referring to. so she's going to explain. Member Mia Bond. I don't think that that should be as. That's basically. Isn't that. Okay. Well, Alan, can you explain so we don't have to listen to all this? <laughs> it, I mean, it, I are think you aware of this? Said, Is this news out there? I was aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think she explained it pretty well on that clip. The What what she was saying. Was well, I wasn't paying attention. I assume the listeners weren't. <laughs> so the person who approved the budget was his wife. Uh, it, which is obviously a conflict of interest. Yeah, and he and basically he said, goes, hey, what is Aleppo? Remember when the Libertarian <laughs> candidate said that to that question and they just ran yeah. him out of the election? Like, oh, I, I literally don't know what you're talking about. You mean the people I oversee as my fucking job? <laughs> I think, Actually, I think the next clip that you have even is goes a little bit harder, <laughs> the same sort of general oh, direction. Good. Okay, I'm just going to play them without doing... Well, it just says do it. AOC, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. This clip is hilarious. What is your position on Israel? Well, I believe... <laughs> so she's going to give an answer. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to well, find out if she has a thought. I believe absolutely in Israel's right to exist. I also think that 
what people are starting to see, at least in, in the occupation uh, of, of Palestine is... Um, you use the term the occupation of Palestine. Mm. What did oh. you mean by that? Oh, um, <laughs> I think it, what I meant is like the, the settlements that are increasing in, in some of these areas and, and places where, um, where Palestinians are experiencing uh, difficulty in access to uh, their housing and homes. Do you think you can expand on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd also just, I, I am not the expert on geopolitics <laughs> on this issue, you know? What is your... Now, to be fair, that's a very old clip, but it reminds me of this clip. Okay. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans <laughs> can't place the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps and uh, I believe that our ed education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, yeah, everywhere right. like such as, and such as. I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. Um, or should help South Africa yeah, right. and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries. So we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's exactly how she sounded. <laughs> okay, so that is hilarious, and those those clips are that clip is reminiscent. I think there are two different things happening though. Okay. I think that Talk I to think me, that in the <laughs> I think that in the um, Miss America contest, uh, she is she sounds like Chat GPT trying to predict what <laughs> right? Like she's 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 like I'm going to say this word, and then I got to think of the next word yeah. to say. Just hitting the center AOC. button on the suggested on your on your right, text right, app. exactly, yeah. exactly. AOC sounds to me like somebody who's been in a room with people who understand a yeah. subject, and, and she like talked. feels like she got it via osmosis. Right, and she has no fucking clue, yeah. and maybe has then. To be fair, maybe she knows it now, but it tells you a lot about her that she thought she should say that, and it just took right. one. Oh, what do you mean by that? To punch a hole through it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh god! But the thing is, we talk about it all the time. Like, I hate getting stuck by caught in this trap. You know, it's um, I'm. I mean, we're famous together. Marjorie Taylor Greene won our championship of biggest cunt in politics. Oh yeah. Uh, but AOC was a and, and they're playing the similar game yeah. of hey, there's people that don't have time to be as invested in the news and politics as you are, Dustin and Alan. Uh, mm -hmm. And if those people go home and can turn on the news for 30 minutes and maybe see some headlines that I make that tell them that I care about getting them health care or I care about getting their wages up or I care about making sure that your kids are going to school where the librarians don't dress funny. Or I care about whatever culture war exactly. bullshit yep. happens to yes. be popular yes. right now. And, yes. and, and th they're playing the same game. They're just, one's mean. <laughs> Sorry, I seem coming back to that. <laughs> Listeners might hate me for it. I don't care. Like, it, that's an objective description of how one's... Yeah, I think so. All right, fine. How about that? Uh, oh, no, don't trick you. Isn't Make me something? press this. Isn't that something? Hit the right button. I didn't do... Nope. <laughs> No. I can't. It's not funny if I do it on purpose. Thrash gave us a clip that uh, intros into the culture wars. We'll see if we do this every week or not. Hey, nicotine, because nicotine frees your mind. No, no. Oh, if only the government would tell my kids they're fat. You can't even get the planes to take off on time. Oh, you're obsessed with gas stoves. No, you're obsessed with gas stoves, buddy. This is all Tucker Carlson. Why does he sound like that? <laughs> I don't know. 
It's another battle in the culture wars. Oh, not the culture wars. They're worried about a culture war. Culture wars. Stop with the culture wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That is an intro. Dude, thanks. I was purposely <laughs> haven't perfect. played it until now. It is. It is. Well, welcome to the culture wars. Um, we got an interview thanks, coming Thrash. up that we fucking. Yes, yeah, thanks, Thrash. Uh, that we are thrilled to tell you about. And stick around to the end of the interview for a secret surprise about who we've been talking mm. to the whole time. Mm-hmm. As if that fucking matters. Um, did you hear that Mr. Beast is ableist, Alan? <laughs> Who's Mr. I Beast? He's a YouTuber, uh, like YouTube celebrity, essentially. And what did he do recently? Uh, he paid to uh, cure a bunch of people who had like cataracts or whatever that was causing them to not cataracts? Uh, be able to see cataracts. Oh, who are not <laughs> who are essentially he cured people who were blind and, and enabled them to see. Okay, a thousand. Hey, what's up, guys? Right here. You read the title. It's not clickbait. One hundred percent scouts honor. When I tell you that one of YouTube's most beloved content creators, Mr. Beast, is finished. Utterly cooked, his reputation completely gone. Like a popular content creator who had their Discord DMs leaked, there is no way that Mr. Beast is surviving this latest wave of allegations launched against him. To their over 10 million followers on Twitter, TechCrunch has produced this oh, stinker no, hold on. attacking. Te- Spell TechCrunch. T E C H O. T E C H R U N C H? I don't know. It was T-E-C-H-C-R-U-N-C-H, but it's Tech Crunch, not Tech Crunch. It can't, or Tech Crunk, but it bugs me that it's a C-H in the first word and a C-H in the second word. Like, they can't be next to each other. I get that those sounds come from different words, but when Mm -hmm. same letters, but no, Tech Crunch. (laughs) All right, sorry. Alan, I don't want to play this clip. Tell me about it. Oh, so people are saying that he's an ableist because he paid to have all these people cured of blindness, essentially. Well, they would have rather have not seen, right? Like, I, I think clearly it's a stunt to get views and likes, and you can, you can, okay. I guess you can be mad at him for that. But I wouldn't call him an ableist, and I also like dude, the guy actually is doing some good in the world. Right. So I, I'm not gonna like. Why would you hate on that? I don't understand. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I just I, I, people go out of their way to get mad. So here's the thing. So, so let's talk about this. So, you have you seen the videos where um, people will film themselves walking up to like a homeless person and then giving them like a thousand dollars? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that seems a little icky. And because they're going to make $10,000 on that video. Yeah. And so I, I kind of I kind of understand people being like, what well, you're doing this for, you know, it's clickbait essentially or whatever. You're doing this to get clicks on your on your page. But at, this, at the same time, like, how am I going to hate on somebody like actually paying for health care for people because, you know. Oh, remember when Oprah gave all those people cars and they're like, yeah, but she right. didn't pay for Look their under insurance your seat. and registration. Everybody gets a car. Yeah, Everybody but everybody's got to go register those cars. Oprah's a fucking bitch. Like, that, right. that was, don't <laughs> you remember the, that? Yes, they did. People did say that? Yeah. It took about three minutes and people were okay. like, yeah, well, she didn't pay for their insurance. Like, I wasn't paying attention uh, to Oprah Universe, yeah. apparently. Yeah. That's fucking stupid, too. I but know. that is that actually that 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 
that connect. Does, uh, yeah, makes sense. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, can I can I tell you something really scary? We're in the culture wars. Down in the culture yeah. wars, as Alan said, the culture wars or whatever that clip said. Um, <laughs> Toaster sent this in. I've been seeing a lot of this stuff lately. Um, I guess I'll let the clip set it up, and then if it doesn't do its job, I'll supplement it. All on the side of the internet where people are afraid of basic urban planning. Like this idea of a 15-minute city where you can walk to school and the grocery store in a reasonable amount of time is, is somehow terrifying and a political agenda to control you. you, you know, at least the anti-vaccine people had like pokey sticks to be afraid of, but now, now we're afraid of reasonable walking distances? Uh, so there's been a lot a lot going around on this 15 minute city thing. And if it's going around in my circles, the way I see it, it's, it's, it's going to be another, um, either it'll fizzle out or, or it's gaining traction for wider. Is this in your radar? 15 minute cities being scary, bad? No. Okay. Do you know about what 15 minute cities are? Have you heard about that at all? I mean, I can understand it from the context of what he just said. So I, I, I do remember, Back back in the day, Don and Mike show talking about like um, how what was it Alexandria or Tyson's Corner or whatever was sort of built for like cars essentially, and so there was no way to like move around without being in a in a car, oh. and it was super it was planned super badly. Um, and just, just they, the opposite they, of that. So like a city right. like that to become a fifteen minute city. Uh, they would start like blocking off some streets and connecting alleyways as a street, all kinds of things. And they, and you know, they start off doing that in not permanent ways or like less than permanent ways. So people are getting mad and like breaking those barriers apart. They're trying to do this in some, in some parts of the world. I, I don't know that I've seen it in the U S I think I've seen, uh, videos of it in Europe and people just like drive over the barriers and then you can just drive through there. They're, they're literally like traffic cones or like, uh, the I've, big... I've heard of that happening in the U S Okay. So here's why people are afraid of it. Okay. Okay. One, I, 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 I do, I can, I can, I don't want to, I don't want to misinterpret or mischaracterize them completely. Sure. There's reasons to be concerned about like eminent domain type shit where the government comes in and says like, Hey, I, you know, you might've bought this property based off it being like this, but we're going to make it like this. I understand being upset about of that. Course. That's a separate yeah. conversation to have, but it sounds like people are upset because it's the world economic forum. It's, that's who oh. suggested this. So this is bad. Um, which, you know, yeah, they're led by a literal fucking movie villain. Um, but I don't know that the idea of like properly planning out a city so that you don't spend your entire fucking life in traffic is a bad idea. Like I just, you know, not at all. And I think that, that cities have to compete at this point for, for people to want to live there. People have a lot of options, especially with the ability to work from home for a lot of people that are in the tech industry. There has to be a reason that you want to pay property tax in that in that place, yeah. right? Um, so, I mean, I I, I kind of like I mean, some of the city planning that I see around the Bay Area. I, I enjoy it, you know, that, where they have housing on top of retail. Um, I think that's cool. I, I like living in a place where I could 
you know, go downstairs and there's a coffee shop. Like, that's cool. Like, that, that and, I and think it, that, yeah. uh, and that attracts people to want to live there. But yeah, I would think so. And if you didn't like that, you could fucking move, right? Like, yeah, don't yeah, live there. Yeah. That's fine. Don't spend an ass load to live somewhere that's so inconvenient. But yeah. Um, <laughs> let me play this as a decent follow up to that. It also touches on a point that I kind of hope we talk about when we talked about Ohio before the break. But like I said, the show's going along. Um, this is a conspiracy theory that if you had to watch it, you would be like me and refuse to listen to her because she's <laughs> using a fucking face filter app so that God forbid while you're talking about your fucking Atlanta didn't ever burn. You can't like have us just see your normal face. She has to be like, it's a beauty filter. It's fucking obnoxious. I hate these beauty filters. I'm sorry. So according to the laws governing agenda 2030 land development, like you're going to hear this from a lady with a beauty filter on. Like I don't. Yeah, I'm like, already annoyed. Yes. I'm already annoyed. Any land deemed toxic. Just you're too superficial for me to care about you. I I, I know I'm wrong to say this, but <laughs> the government can seize it and kick everybody out. Okay, I interrupted too much. I'll play the rest without interruption. What has she said so far, Alan? Any any land deemed toxic that the, the government can seize and kick you but, out by 2030. By 2030. Okay. okay. All right. And put people in, in I can't even 15 minute cities. Oh, this is all gonna, on the EPA website, by the way. Oh, you can go to the EPA website. And it's website. really weird that all of a sudden EPA. there's all these explosions in all these cities. I just, I hate these A to C conspiracies. Like, you need to fill B in solidly for me to believe that you're, because what is C stating? C is stating that you think the EPA and the Biden administration are nuking Ohio so they can rebuild it into 15-minute cities. That's what you're saying. So you just can't just start with saying, like, hey, there's this proposal that if there's unusable land, um, step two, blow up a fucking train, and then step three, in seven years, build 15-minute cities out of Ohio. Like, But, Dustin, isn't it weird? Isn't it isn't weird? It weird that yeah, there's explosions yeah. yes, in all these cities? Yes. It's weird, right? You know who else sent like, this in? Fucking aerial, man. Like, we're going to have to have a whole separate show of just that. Yeah, just mermaid clips. Well, let's get into that interview that we did with uh, Rebecca. Um, mm -hmm. So this is, so Rebecca is. Um, She's a burlesque performer that you know, and she is very concerned about what's happening in Tennessee with this whole uh, drag slash burlesque uh, show bill that's in the senate currently yeah and so it made it out of committee and um it's all but guaranteed to just pass right through yep. our, our state legislature and get signed by the governor um i have a clip that i think sets up the interview pretty well it's someone at one of these hearings um pleading the case for a little bit more common sense owner of four businesses in nashville that are welcoming to everyone but cater predominantly to the lgbtq plus community my businesses alone have contributed more than $13 million to the state in form of sales and liquor taxes since we opened. Our shows are fun, lively, campy, theatrical, clever, dramatic, and joyous, but never of a prurient nature. And our performers are certainly not adult cabaret performers. We know this because we have a Tennessee liquor license and are bound by Tennessee liquor laws. Another business of ours offers a downtown bus tour hosted by drag performers, and it's frustrating to us that a fully costumed drag queen seen through a bus window lip-syncing Tina Turner might be charged under this bill, 
especially since not one of our performers on this bus has ever shown more skin than a Titans cheerleader on a Sunday afternoon. And who else might be included? It's been noted. Uh, is it the group of birthday girls in Memphis that decides to dress like Elvis for the night and dance on the street? Our megastar Harry Styles as he performs in Knoxville in a dress? Are our theaters and TPAC when they want to perform Hairspray Chicago or Mrs. Doubtfire included? Can they be arrested and charged? Mrs. Doubtfire. And what about Halloween? Can my, walk, can my daughter walk down the public street as Batman? Just a few days ago, Governor Lee asked for a return to civility, and I applaud that sentiment. I believe in being civil and welcoming to all Tennesseans. But legislation like this isn't about civility or even protecting our children. It's about curtailing business and the free expression of our citizens with a giant can of worms regarding interpretation and enforcement. And I ask you to oppose this bill. I think that segues perfectly into the interview. And what we talk about in the interview is partly that the vagueness of this bill, he's pointing out like, well, what does this actually mean? Like, can, can my kid dress up in a Halloween costume? Like, there's no answers. There's no answers for that. That's the whole point of committee, by the way, is to be like, Hey, is this um, a dumb idea? Can we make it a smart idea or do we have to scrap this? Yeah, and, and and the whole thing is trying to solve a problem that doesn't even exist, uh, which which you know what? Listen to the interview. Okay, <laughs> we, well, we we cover all of it. All right, let's get into it. Then. Right. Do my you head. consider my head yourself on. a center? Uh, no, I just no because center sounds so stupid. Like it's like oh well, okay. I see both of your <laughs> points, and I insist on being here in the middle of them. It's like no, I just you know there's a lot of things that so I believe in freedom of choice when it comes to anything. I think that yeah. so so that. With guns, I mean, you know, guess what's in the bag? Um, like, <laughs> but like, you know, we do drugs. If you go far enough left, you get your guns back. You know, they say that. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I just, I know you asked like what the name of the show was and I've been self-conscious ever since then. Like it's, I, I never <laughs> like telling people I really know about the show because it's like, oh, come on, we're getting along. Why would I do this? I'd rather tell well, strangers. Well, I told my son, I was like, I've been asked to do an interview tonight on a podcast and he was like, oh yeah, what's it about? And I was like, I don't really know. I just know uh, that it's two white dudes and I'm kind of <laughs> nervous. It's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm only half white. To be oh yeah. But, that's you know. to be fair. I mean, um, all right. So welcome to the show. Well, Hmm. How should I reference you? Should I go by your government name, your stage yeah, what are your name? Pronouns? Yeah. Oh, actually, that's. <laughs> well, my I go by my government name. Uh, it's Rebecca Seaver, and my pronouns actually are she, they, and he. I'm a non-binary person, and I I love all oh. pronouns. So just okay. call me everything. I don't really give a shit about pronouns. Some people do, and that's fine, but I don't. You know, I'm the same that's way. Cool. I was in, um, during during COVID, I was still going to therapy, and it went from, like, an in-person thing to online, and they were, like, they were they didn't do the pronouns introduction at the in-person one, but they did do the pronouns introduction on the online one. And I was just, anytime they'd get to me, I'd be like, look, I'm not trying to sound like a fucking boomer here and say I don't care, I don't like pronouns. I genuinely don't, like... I don't feel like that should cross your mind when you start talking to me. Like if you say the wrong one, I won't hold it against you. I'll tell you what I prefer to be called and then we'll get along. Like I just, I, maybe that wasn't what you were saying, but I feel like I might be on the opposite side of the same coin as what you were saying. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think some people deserve respect for their pronouns. If a trans woman is a woman, she deserves to be, you know, called to by the correct pronoun. But yeah. for someone like me, who's non-binary, like that kind of thing, I, I enjoy having people use different pronouns for me. I present very femme in the way that I look. 
So for me, the non-binary part is really about how I feel on the inside and how I live my life. Yeah, and, and so like, that's how, very much like a... And how are you going to get you mad know, at someone for making feeling. an assumption based on how they thought you presented? Is that sort of... Right. Yeah. I feel like we're on thin ice, but let's walk forward. Um, so we having, <laughs> we're having you on because uh, there were some laws. There was a law passed in Tennessee um, this last week. Uh, was it... Uh, the the bill specifically that's talking about um, it's an anti drag law and it it presumably is also anti trans. Um, it passed through committee this okay. past week. Okay. So it still has to go to the Senate floor to be voted on. Okay. Okay. Well, that's and then it will go I to actually the governor's office and he'll sign off on it. Well, Bill Lee. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we know how that's going to go. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so okay. So fill us in on the details of it. A lot of states have these laws. Um, that are going through the state houses and uh, just quick side note um, it's not a coincidence that all these laws are written the same way and then if you ask any of the people that write them hey are you the one that like sponsored this or did you author this nobody wants to take credit for authoring it which is really funny because typically now hold on I don't know that that's true with this one but that's a thing lately where um, you see the same type of laws going through in multiple states and nobody wants to take credit for writing it because they can't take credit for writing it. But we live in a world where all you want to do as a politician is take credit for writing a law or a bill that becomes yeah, a law. Yeah, we know they're lobbyists. Are exactly. Wrote it. I was yeah. going to say, and usually that means lobbyists wrote it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, they can't take credit because they know their lobbyists wrote yeah. it, not them. So what's the extent um, of this? What's being proposed? And, and I, I got to say, when I first heard about this, I didn't see it as the threat that I see it as now. And maybe we could talk about yeah, that, but give us the details. Don't. So it's SB 10 and it's basically preventing drag performers and performers of another, you know, subset category to not be able to perform anywhere on public property where a child could possibly view that. Um, the problem with the law is that it's very vague in the way that it's written. And the part that's really concerning to people is that, you know, the problem is People are like, of course, uh, a child should not go to a drag show or a burlesque show. Of course. So, yeah. yes, I support this bill. Well, and also most like, that, I mean, you you go to the shows. You don't want kids there anyways. Like it's. I mean, I, I, I'm a burlesque performer. I don't do shows for minors. Right. That's not a thing that yes. I do. So the thing that they're trying to prevent isn't a thing that actually happens. Oh, but come on. There was one time in Cookville where something happened at brunch and couldn't fucking handle it. Yeah. Like, can you? Well, can, that's the thing. There are drag shows that happen in venues that are not 21 and up. And those are typically your middle of the day drag brunch show on a Sunday. And that's a parent that's decided to bring their kid to the bar to see or to the restaurant to see this show. And for me, you know, the problem that I have with it is, you know, we have movies with a rating system G to rated R NC 17, whatever. There are movies that are appropriate for everyone. And there is also drag performance and cabaret, I'm using air quotes here, performance that are appropriate for everyone. I mean, I grew up watching movies like Bessel Whorehouse in Texas sure. and Moulin Rouge and sure. things that were like Rocky burlesque, Moore. but they don't have erotic or any kind of nudity in them. It's theater. Right. And that's what this is. Drag is theater. Burlesque is theater. And so, yeah, you will run into people that are doing shows on public property where a child could be present. But what I have to say to that is it's a parent's decision whether or not they take their child somewhere. If you take your child to a rated R movie, that's your decision. 
my parents took me to go see True Lies in the movie theater. And let me tell you, I have had a thing for Jamie Lee Curtis my whole <laughs> That scene life. was so fucking awkward with my parents. And the other movie like that was, uh, I made it through most of Pulp Fiction, but the gimp scene was where the family stopped watching <laughs> the movie all together. Rough. Yeah. That but see, rough. that was your parents' yeah, decision. Exactly. We weren't banning Quentin Tarantino was... because of that, right? So can yeah. I just say, in reading this bill, to your point, it, it is very vague. And so there is concern about people are going to bring suits against, you know, uh, club owners, etc. Um, and, and so the, the problem that you have there is that there, there can be knock-on effects where people self-censor, right? Where people just decide, well, I'm not going to even have this show in my venue because I don't want to be at risk for this. Right. So so then you, you have a whole group of people that are not allowed to express themselves because there is this fear of this law. Um, and, and so, and to your point also, like, I, I'm a parent. Uh, uh, kids are all different. Like, uh, you know, there, there are kids that are very mature at 16 years old. There are kids that are very immature. I have a 13-year-old son who's queer yeah. who needs to see performances like that so that he can know that he has a future somewhere. To identify with. Yeah. Exactly. And those are not erotic performances. I've seen sure. drag performances that are meaningful that have a message that are not naked that are not nude that are mm -hmm. like they are highbrow art i mean that is like what we're talking about here i do lowbrow art that's what i do <laughs> I, I like to offend people i do like to do erotic performance but i'm not doing that in venues where children are present right it's a lane so, and yeah. i like i've seen burlesque performances that are comedy that are just false yeah, yeah. Like that, oh and yeah I enjoy and that. that's yeah. what burlesque is is it's supposed to be a parody i mean it, right. it, we're making fun of the times and that's what we've always done and that's a lot of what drag is i just say that burlesque is drag for women yeah, you sure. know, because a lot of, I mean, drag I've pretty is drag much for said men. That, actually. And there's yeah. a lot of crossover now, sure. But I feel like, you know, burlesque and drag are kind of getting pitted against each other right now, which isn't fair to anybody because we're all part of a group that's been stigmatized for a long time. This isn't the first time people have gone after queers. It's not sure. the first time they've gone after drag queens. This is how fascism is created. This is what, you know, this happens every 50 or so years in the LGBTQ community. So it's nothing new. Queers are ready to fight this fight. So what's the next step? Like what? Um, okay, so I would assume if it's out of committee, it's going to go into the legislature and there's there's zero impediments along the way of it getting on bill. Oh, it's going to pass. Oh, it's going to pass. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's definitely going to pass. And the sad part is that this doesn't just affect drag performers. Right. This is going to affect trans people who are just existing out in the world in the clothing and the look that is true to them. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, a friend of mine is walking down the road or even myself, if I'm walking down the road in a suit and tie dressed as a man, yeah. am I going to be criminalized for that behavior because it isn't fitting to the clothing that is assigned to me at birth or women like in all jeans. of that kind of stuff yeah. is where we get into that really gray area of what this bill is proposing and that's dangerous and they and they avoid that great they 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 avoid defining that gray area in the bill and i think it might have come yeah. up in the clip we played to set this up where you know it's like what you know if uh, if a male performer is wearing eyeliner or if Kanye West wears a fucking kilt, is that a man in drag wearing a skirt? Yeah. Like, like what? And will you care about that? Cause I'm guessing the answer is no. It's, it's yeah. when a man dresses as a woman and goes to a breakfast place and you as a parent decided to not say, you know what? Denny's is open. 
I'll fucking take this to the fucking government. Like, and the thing that strikes me as so crazy is, look, I didn't move to Tennessee for this reason, but it was an added plus. I felt like when I was moving to a state that appreciated limited government, and this is the opposite of that. Like this is overreach. I don't, I don't need you to tell me how to parent my kids. I don't have any, I chose child free, but that's, that is your, your, you're taking that choice away and saying no one can do any of this and we're going to control what venues can put on when it comes to art. And I mean, I don't know, do we, it, would I be hyperbolic, Alan, to start comparing this to the fucking Great Leap Forward and shit that China tried to do when they tried to define culture? <laughs> no, no, not at all. But the, the thing is, I mean, so, it's not far off. It's really not. It's so easy to say, oh, but the children, you know, like, that's the, the thing. Children. That's why that's why Bill Walsh has yeah, his but whole this career is a non-issue. This is just like the bathroom bills. Of course, There's no data to support that. That of is course. the thing that's happening. Men are not going into women's rooms. Trans trans women going into the women's restroom to assault cis women. That's not a thing that happens. Right. Right. And so protecting children from these sexualized strip shows, that's not a thing that happens. Right. And if there is something that you don't take a liking to, well, that's not then make something a choice. that should be illegal. Then don't go. Then don't go. I mean, it's right. like, don't take your kid to an R-rated movie. If that's what you don't want to do, then don't do that. This is America. And that's the problem that I have. But I just see it as so many other issues that are taking place. This is not the only anti-LGBTQ law that's passing in Tennessee. They're banning gender-affirming care for minors right now, and they're also banning gender-affirming care for adults right now. Oh. So they're trying to take away hormone therapy, um, you know, some children. And, and this is, you know, they're, people are saying like, oh, well, there's more, you know, these people are turning their kids gay and they're wanting to, every kid to be trans because it's a trend. And I am here to tell you that is not the case. The reason you see more trans people and more trans children today or more queer kids today is because we're in the age of information and we're also living in a more open and culturally accepting age than we ever have been. So those kids, those trans kids, those gay kids, they have always been here, always. Throughout hundreds of years, centuries, trans and gay kids have always been here. It's just now that you're actually getting to see them in full view because we're living in a world where we can have pride. And so that is, that's the difference. Trans is nothing new. It's not a new trend. Trans people have always been here and they will continue to always be here. They cannot legislate against us. The only thing that's changed is medical science has allowed hormones and surgery to make some kind of a difference and that's where yeah but even that stuff that's nothing new so i mean it's just it's really sad when you uh, are supposed to be an example for the world of land of the free but free for who you know it's free for the for the christian right who subscribe to that kind of lifestyle well that's not my lifestyle well so So. what one of the things we like to do on the show is we we insist on getting into the nuance of things, uh, but we cast a really wide net with who we like to try to interact with. And, you know, over time it's like, okay, well you're bringing down the, the, you're, you're, you're ruining the party for everyone else here. And we'll kind of like not talk to some of the people that are kind of ruining. We have a group chat going, we have, um, people that aren't in the group chat that I interact with on our DMS and stuff like that. I like it. It helps, uh, create content for the show. They'll send things in that maybe would have been off my radar. It prevents me from feeling like I'm in, um, uh, a echo, sub- chamber. echo echo chamber yeah. a bubble right uh but there's like constructive ways of doing that and there's deconstructive ways of doing that so um the nothing's been more polarizing of a, of things to post 
than stories about this that brings out the people that I can kind of say, you know, I feel like you're being more deconstructive than constructive with this. Uh, and along those lines, I, I got a lot of them sharing a story about, about this topic in particular. And, you know, the, the comments are, this is just the right wing responding to everything that the left has done. And the left should understand that they started this and that they deserve this. And it's yeah. like, and my response to them has been, look, man, like what you're saying is that, yeah, you get that this isn't happening very often, but since the left wanted to push, you know, acceptance as a cultural issue, the, the, the right has the right to come in and start banning things, even if you think that even the person that's saying this to me, even if they think that that's not the right tactic to take. And I go, well, isn't that like saying everybody January 6th was like the Buffalo hat guy? Because you sit here and tell me that it was a fucking, you know, a tour and that those are the wrong examples to point to. Well, I would say this, that's the same thing about whatever the culture wars have done to bring this video of a, of a kid sitting on a stage and a, and a drag performer walking by them like if you're telling me that that's wrong but i don't think that represents what's happening here mm, i had a question somewhere in there can you take over <laughs> alan do you need to <laughs> i do this a lot i, I mean so so <laughs> well i mean the thing for me is that it, there is a lot of retaliation that's happening right now nashville voted not to host the republican national convention last year and so we are a target and they are trying to slam Nashville down, not just the gay community, but the government is trying to invest itself into all of our big venues, Bridgestone, Nissan Stadium, the amphitheater. They're trying to push bills right now that will push the legislators into the voting bodies of those buildings. So that's that's a huge story that people aren't really talking about. And it all stems from us not wanting to host the Republican National Convention here because they really wanted to have it here in Nashville. And I mean that if you want to talk about retaliation, I mean, we could start there. I mean, we have a a Republican congresswoman, uh, Marjorie Taylor, calling for the divorce of America, right? Yeah, I would love to have her see how red states can perform with the money that they bring in. That's ridiculous. Dude, like, just can I just say geopolitically? I don't want us to, but we are adversarial with China and Russia right now. And you think now is the time to fucking to balkanize? Like, I mean, she's a dumbass. I hate that people even give her any kind of. I have this. I know. Hold on, Alan. I have this. Marjorie Taylor Greene, retard. She's just in the way. (laughs) Sorry, that's uh, Croatone when he was on the show last week. Sorry for the R word. Oh God! Uh, but, but, but that you is, know she is pretty fucking dumb. Yeah. But that yeah. is a sitting member of U.S. Congress that's saying that kind of thing. We we understand. Like we talk about culture wars all the time on the show. And um, how how do we move past that? I mean, for me, it's really telling when they want to come after the gay community and call them molesters and child groomers Groomers, and things like that when the data shows that children are getting hurt most by straight white men who are in church who are Hmm. in places of power the catholic church has done more damage to children across the world than any other entity I mean, if you look at what's it's happened like you in, listen the to this show. Yeah. in Canada, what? I like you listen to this anytime show. Anytime the Catholic That's Church not, comes up, I'm Alan and checked in. I mean, I, I care about this stuff. This, this, this knocks on my door as a person. It, yeah. This is not just something that I yeah. post Instagram stories about. No, like, no, no. Sure. You know, no, if I talk about the Catholic Church, Alan insists I say they're an organization of kid fuckers. And I've 
yeah. stopped being I was uncomfortable. Well, they are. And yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about protecting children, well, then protect them from Catholic priests. Yeah, or the yeah. Or, drag queens are not the ones that are doing this damage. Or it's, the it's people in places of power like that. Or the Southern Baptist uh, Council. What Convention? is it? Convention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That got swept under the rug because nobody wants to fucking deal with the truth there. Oh, that was that was huge news in the Baptist Tennessee and last that have been convicted. Yep. Yep. Yeah. By their by their own private investigators. Yeah. So that's where the hypocrisy comes to me. And, you know, especially here in Nashville, when they want to talk about drag and burlesque being of a prurient nature. But yet they have all these barely legal hardly dressed at all bachelorettes running around downtown on lower Broadway, running, riding a golden, a golden bronking buck dick yeah. penis thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's these the bachelorettes literally downtown. Yeah, And there's kids walking down the street dick. seeing that too. Yeah. You know, yes. and there's children. Yeah. And they have yeah. those party buses that flash their tits all over town. And there's sure. children that are in the streets. That or see how that. about this? I mean, if you how about talk you about a prurient nature? How, how about you do something seriously about the man? I keep seeing every time I'm in Broadway pissing on the sidewalk with his penis out. Like that happens daily when I work down there. See, that's like, the kind of stuff that doesn't drum up their base. Yeah. Those legislators aren't getting votes because of that. They're getting votes because when when they fuck with gay people, their base loves it and they get more votes and they know that their time is nigh. They are on their way out and they do not have a way to keep winning elections unless they gerrymander and they oppress people and they keep these people who are wrapped up in all of this culture war shit racist, in other words, in a way that they can keep voting for them. That's all it is. Fuck yeah. Can I can I read you? Uh, I'm going to read you a text that I got from somebody when I found out you were coming on the show. And maybe we can kind of wrap this with this. And by the way, I will say that after this text, we had a very good conversation. This is a friend of mine. Um, so I, I texted her that you were coming on the show and what we were going to talk about. She, she said, correct me if I'm wrong. It's my understanding that they're not banning drag and burlesque shows. They're restricting the audience to not have minors, right? which I think is common sense not to take your child to a drag show or burlesque show. I, I mean, what we've kind of already covered this ground and I covered it in this, in this text exchange, but what would be your response to somebody who says that to you? I would say, have you ever been to a drag story hour where a drag queen reads to a group of kids? Because that is not something that is sexualized or should be demonized because it's actually a joyous and beautiful moment where children get to see somebody living as a fantasy creature, Mm -hmm. whether it's a woman dressed up in drag or it's a man dressed up in drag. People are just people. And there are opportunities for people to see performers of any kind all the time. I just did a fundraising event for the Children's Science Museum here. They hired me and a bunch of other burlesque, acrobatic, and circus performers because they wanted us to be crowd performers. I was in a cat suit that was a turtleneck, long sleeves, long pants. You couldn't see anything, but yet I'm a burlesque dancer in a children's museum at night with no children present, but yet I could still be criminalized for that. Yeah, right. And so I want to say to that person who's like, a child shouldn't be at a drag show. Well, you're right. But should a parent be able to make the decision that they want to take their kid to a pride parade? Yes. Yeah. In America. Well, that's absolutely. the thing. So they're not going to be able to have a pride parade because that's not going to be ticketed, roped off and exclusive. Yeah. to. But the data shows that a child is more in danger in a Catholic church. So would you <laughs> rather us make a law about that? Yeah. 
It's a fair point. Well, it's probably <clears> a, a fair point. To go out on. Let me. I. I, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. I know what groomers look like, and they don't look like drag queens. They look like twenty-five-year-old men courting fourteen-year-old girls. Mm. Yeah. And that's the thing that's happening, and men are proud of it. And I think that that kind of, you know, straight puritanical culture is disgusting. Yeah. And I'm sure they probably think that my life is disgusting as well. So it's like, it's really hard. You can't really reason but with people who are not logical thinkers. We were saying this before we uh, started this interview proper, but I, I believe in pro-choice all the way across the board. So that means yeah. you should be allowed to do that. And you should be allowed to choose not to do that. Like that just, I, I can't stand this intrusion by government uh, on this. And that, yeah. and even if... I didn't think the way I did. I would still think this way on the subject of giving that choice. Like, even if I didn't like this, I would say, mm, don't like that. But last thing I want to do is have the government come in and start telling people what they can and can't do. And I just, <laughs> I don't fucking know what happened to that generation. I, I want to ask you this, because I, I, we should have ended it a minute ago and we didn't. If, if this goes through, what can we do? What's the next step? Is it Time for some, what uh, would John Lewis say, some good trouble? I mean, there needs to be oh, some absolutely. kind of civil disobedience, right? How would that look? This I is mean, something worth going to jail for. Yeah, I, I think that we need all hands on deck. And I think if they're going to pass this, then I want to see all of my straight male friends dressing in drag and going downtown or going somewhere. Like, I want to see my strong, straight brothers and sisters in the fight with us to know that we're not alone. And I mean, that that goes to say, like, not only dressing in drag, but also talking to your friends and your family and talking to your own self about your own unconscious bias against gay folks mm -hmm. and figuring out why people are homophobic and making sure it's not just an Instagram post, that you're actually out in your community talking to the people in your life about why they are so fucking homophobic against people who just want to live their lives in glitter and go to brunch and drink champagne because that's literally all the gay agenda is. It's not about kids. It's like, about brunch. Like I, I, I'm, like, I hate that this is bothering you. I wish it wasn't bothering you. I'm trying not to bother you. Like, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, will fly I mean, to Tennessee not, for that brunch. Yeah, hell yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's sad. It, it's really sad. And, and queer kids need to be protected too. You know, and they say this is to save That's the fair. children. Yeah. Well, which children are you trying to save? Because my son is queer and he definitely doesn't feel fucking safe right now. Yeah. So whose kids are we talking about here? I can't think of a better way to end this. Um, this is supposed Same. to be 15 minutes. I will say. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, You're thank amazing. you so much for coming on. I Thank you for having me. I appreciate being able to have, you know, a time to speak on it. I'm, I'm the worst interrupter. Of course, you're welcome. Thank you. Anytime, of course. Can, can I, this is something I've never addressed to you and I don't want to act like it's a fucking elephant in the room. Um, what? Are you comfortable saying, now, is it just a rumor who you're? Uh... Oh yeah, you can tell people I'm Dolly Parton's niece. <laughs> Isn't that wild? <laughs> it's my mom's sister. That's, That's wild. That's bizarre. Yeah, it's all right. You can tell folks. She what tells is, people too. So yeah. you I, can actually Google me. She wrote a song about me. Oh, and, uh, oh wow. 
There was a whole article about her writing a song for her flirtatious niece. Oh, that's so wow. cool. I, I didn't plan cool. this. I didn't plan this interview until midday today. I already have a clip in the show. We do. This is a clip show where we talk about the news in between it. Um, I have a clip with Dolly in the show. Um, it's not a surprise <laughs> to you that she's a hero to a lot of Cute. people. So, yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, that was always an awkward thing that I never thought I'd straight up ask you, but I figured why not now? I love that you got it on the record so that you could use it. That's hilarious. I see you, Dustin. I'm coming over. I wish I was more conniving and I could give myself credit for planning things. It just kind of works out for me sometimes. Thank you so much. This was um, this was even better than I had, I had hoped for. And thanks for enlightening us uh, and the listeners, too. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Later. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. How much more of this show do we want to get into? Uh, I don't think we need to. We can probably end it there. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. After all that, I don't know. I don't. I don't really have an appetite to talk about China. Um, and you know, it's not like there won't be a new tragedy for next week, right? Yeah, of course. Right. Of course. Uh, you know what? I say that um, we're recording this before the actual anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, but it is post. Putin's speech, which honestly was less um, dramatic than I anticipated it being. Um, mm. And I wonder if I'm, we're sort of lulled in this false sense of maybe things are just going to be the status quo, which is still terrifying. Uh, we didn't talk about Biden going to Ukraine and war zone. First time a president's done that since the Civil War, apparently. Um, I just, I don't know. I, we don't have to have sounds for everything, right? We can talk about it on our headline show. Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're not doing a headline show, though. I was going to point out, uh, <laughs> listeners, uh, our Friday show this week is a, an author um, covering uh, Warren Harding, the 29th president of the U.S. Uh, it was a fun interview. I'm sure you will enjoy it if you like history like we do. Yeah, yeah. It's a good deep dive on someone that kind of gets uh, ignored historically. I recently read a book maybe about... Maybe for a reason. Yeah, yeah, maybe for a reason. But it is good to... Um, <laughs> I, I, do, I, I like the idea of re-examining the past what does that mean you still think he was garbage oh no i i think he had some 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 good qualities but you know there's some issues yeah yeah that guy was kind I, of I, I i i called them out in the interview oh so i know it's not like they're not gonna hear it no i think i drank a lot of wine <laughs> you're fine uh so you have a question for me to to, to land this plane <laughs> Hey, you know, I just got a, I got, a, I got a short one. We can just go out with a quick question. <laughs> okay. All right. Is Joe Biden uh, just liberal George W. Bush? <laughs> Don't you remember uh, how embarrassed we were of Joe of George Bush? But we were like not Republicans, so we're like, yeah, it's fine. Like, you know, it's easy to rip on him. And now you're like. <laughs> kind of the same fucking thing it's just every time you talk you're just like why are you fucking talking dude <laughs> oh man i uh i do remember that um i don't know if biden would ever say he's the decider and write a book uh, you don't <laughs> maybe maybe i i understand the similarities yeah. i get it i get what you're saying uh you know what it's uh president's day month and we'd be remiss if uh we didn't bring up that jimmy carter is 98 years old and moved into hospice so uh yeah that's it we're going out on that drive safe alan cheers that was fun god damn it (laughs) when a guy's banging you y'all let me in this damn house oh my god 
come in the name of peace. L-M-F-A-O. Is Kevin McCarthy a moron, and if so, why? Why would you say something that stupid? I come without explanations or solutions. I'm a very sexy lady, cat turd. I will not suffer this harlot. <laughs> How great, an anti-American Marxist. Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Read the news. China is asshole. God bless the United States. <laughs> now this is podcasting.